It's time for the Armist Inquisition yet again, episode 292 on Sunday the 13th of August 2023. I'm Phil. I'm Matt. And tonight we're glad to be joined by our mate Ryan. Ryan Seven, how are you doing Ryan? I'm alright buddy, glad to be here as per usual. Yeah, we, looked, we, looked, we just looked before we started and it's been uh, five months since we um, did a deep dive on Mithras and the Tauroctony mm. and... Um, <laughs> And that week, we were meant to do a show on the tarot, but you got yes. bitten by the Mithraic bug. Yes. There's still a little uh, little bit of Mithras to clear up, I'm afraid. But, uh, yeah, he'll show his <laughs> which face. Bit, which bit of him? <laughs> his, his face, funnily enough. We'll see. We'll see later on. It's really cool, actually. Um, yeah, just a little snippet of Mithras in here. But, yeah, we're going we're gonna to dive deeper into the tarot. A lot deeper. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, because I remember last time we sort of, we looked, um, we did a bit about the history and we, we took some of your example cards, didn't we? And mm-hmm. sort of broke down the um, the esoteric meanings of, of various. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we looked at the structure. Uh, we'll go over this very briefly at the beginning. Uh, but we looked over the structure and we looked over some of the less pop culture aspects of them. But we didn't get too deep. We just uh, It was just a, a good overview, particularly about the history and, and how they've been derived in the first place. Right. So uh, what is it about the tarot that has got you excited about today and come share with us? Oh, vengeance. Vengeance? Vengeance. It's the spirit of, of revenge. Uh, so I was talking to uh, a friend, acquaintance of mine, um, author P.D. Newman. All right, P.D.? I don't know your real name, <laughs> or just on Facebook. Uh, and he had been posting some tarot cards up, and he's well known for publishing books on Esoterica, uh, available at all good bookstores. And he had an opinion, which I found deeply insulting, frustrating, <laughs> and valid. Uh, okay. <laughs> he, he's an esotericist, and he knows his stuff. And he also loves tarot. And he'd said, no, I believe it's just a game. I, I'm, I'm quite strongly opinionated about this. Uh, I believe it's a game. I'm like, you of all people. He's like, write a book about it. And I'm like, I'm writing a book. It's going to take a while. Uh, so I've had this podcast coming up. I was going to pretty much do it on this subject. So I'm choosing to like focus in on this uh, this question of or, or two, two sides of an, an, an argument. It's tarot is just a card game. And tarot contains the mysteries of the ancients. Right. Well, I mean, I can see some sort of logical logical progression there. If we associate the tarot and its evolution into, like, the standard playing deck that we mm-hmm. all use to play card games. Yep. So 
um, I would say, just to throw a spanner in the works, uh, these things aren't mutually exclusive. It could be a game that has lots of uh, esoteric or spiritual or lost knowledge encoding within it. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that um, is what I think. Yeah. I guess what the crux is, uh, PD is saying it's just a game. Ju- it's the word just. Right, that's what's stuck in just. your craw. Yeah, that is valid. He's a top guy, but, uh, you know, <laughs> passions were flared. <laughs> your your, your yeah. honour was insulted, yeah. was it? Yeah, and, and then it's like, well, <laughs> I've got a week... I've got a week to prep for this, and right. 40-odd slides came out of it, as we were saying before. Yeah. But we're going to use the skill of brevity, the superpower <laughs> of quick wit, and we're going to just through these. Right, cool. All right. Well, shall we? do you want to start shall now? just crack any, on, yeah. Do you want to go to the slides? Yes, please, sir. I've, I've uh, got a little window. That should be the first slide, Ryan. Does Excellent. That look yes, that looks correct to me. Now... I want to go over something quickly that will absolutely pay off later, and then I want you to completely forget about it. <laughs> Excuse me. Wow. This is fantastic. I didn't even think that was going to come out. Someone had come around the other way. I hope you enjoyed that, everybody. Let that be a sign of the, uh, the kind of shambles that's right. coming up. This, this, <laughs> this nearest red button... Yes, that is the, a mute. Is the mute button Thank for you. your I microphone. I couldn't have got there fast enough, mate, honestly. If you, if you feel anything coming... <laughs> yeah, I will... Uh, <laughs> I went... I got me, that far away from my mouth to cover it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This is a serious podcast, it's a serious I podcast. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows I take myself lightly. Certainly take you two lightly. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... I want you to imagine uh, you're a medieval person and the printing press has been recently invented and you're the poor sod that's got to carve all the wood blocks out. Now, you're going to need a template to work by. And so what you do is you get lots of pins in a circle. This circle is actually made up of um, 28 little dots, but we can just put seven on there if we want to. And... As you see on the internet, when people make images from strings and, and nails in boards, you've seen that, and they'll twist them around and they'll make pretty patterns. Right, yeah. So they're using those. I, 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 full, this is what I think. <laughs> we'll get into this later on. They're using those, and as we can see on the screen, you can see where there would be pins and where there would be strings. And if we go into the next image, when I've removed all the excess, that's what we get. We get a perfect outline of these tarot cards from a wood block. Easy peasy. Makes sense, really, doesn't it? Right, so they're the only, the only pins you need to create that image. I'm kind of... Uh, yeah, you don't, we don't need to go into it right now. It's just <sighs> a very simple concept that you can get pins and strings and use those strings as li- uh, guidelines. And then you can carve it. And then you template. can carve in templates. Right, got you. Yeah? yeah. Easy. Done. We'll go back to this later on. It'll totally pay off. I just want to get that concept into people's minds. Right, now, forget everything I said. <laughs> Let's go on. To the actual presentation proper. <clears throat> Do you want to go forward a slide? Yes, please. Okay, these are tarot cards. Uh, we've got four sets of three cards, and see if we go to the top left, this is the fool from three different decks, and each one's going to be from three different decks. Right. We've got the Visconti deck from early Italy, 40, mid 1400s. Then there's, uh, I think that's the Jean Dodal, uh, French Marseille version, Marseille version. Um, which is a couple of hundred, uh, 150 years later. Mm-hmm. And then uh, early 20th century, The Fool, that's the Edward Waite deck, the famous Rider Waite deck. Is that A.E. Waite? A.E. Waite, Arthur Edward Waite, yeah. 
right, he's someone who I, I need to get on. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I know you've got a few books by him, don't you? Uh, yes. So in the top left, the top, the first three, that, that's the fool. If we go down one from that, that's the famous hanged man. Uh, top right, we've got the magician or the scribe, as he was also known. And the bottom right, we've got the devil. That, that first devil card, I think, is a repaint. Okay. Because they lost, they, they did, I don't think they have any devils from the original decks. Can I just clarify, is that Visconti deck the famous sort of earliest deck it's from the like first the deck. Vic- and on Medici this, era? If you'd like to just put our, all our faces, oh no, we've got, we got faces there. Could you put us all back on? Sure. For one sec. Like that. There you go. Oh, cool. That's for you. Wow. Wow. I'll show it up to the camera up there. The yeah. Visconti the, Forza deck. Forza deck, the first deck that we know of. It was a gift between um, a wedding... A wedding, wedding couple, gift. yeah, in Milan. Excellent. Beautiful nights for you. Oh, really? These yeah. are your oh, tarot. I'm going to have to give you something now. Give me beer, that'll do. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, thanks very much. Oh, you're welcome, mate. Right, I shall check that out later. Mm. Okay, I'll uh, go back to the slideshow. So, yeah, we've got the four different cards of various configurations there. Yeah, and that's it. As I said... Brevity is going to be a tool. Mm, I just wanted yeah. to let everybody have a, have a, a quick look at what we're dealing with. Right. So, so here we go. Tyro. Chill, it's only a game, brah. Versus, <laughs> no, it's full of the magics. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's crack on. Let's keep going. That's the name of the, the presentation. The presentation. <laughs> right, uh, Phil, you can, be, you can be this person if you want to read this out. All right, so the title, The Game of Tarocchi, or Tarocchi Triomphi. Tarocchi Triomphi. Origin in Mamluk cards. So we did say last time that there were the Mamluk Egyptian Arabs, and they'd invented this game of, uh, well, I don't know if it had a name, but they invented the card deck as, as it was, as, as, as we use it now. Although our root of it's come through the tarot, the tarot finds, it root, finds its root in these cards by the Mamluk. Right, Simple and then the Mamluk, Mamluks were a Muslim dynasty that ruled uh, parts of the Middle East. And yes, the, and, and Africa, and yeah. all over the shop, yeah. Right, so origin in Mamluk cards, a uh, wedding gift between the Visconti Sforza families in the 1450s in Milan. Yes. Tarocci? Trionfi? <laughs> so Triumphs? I've actually put Tarocchi. You've got to do this as well. Tarocchi. Come on, Tarocchi. You've got to do that because... Yep. See, that's all you need. Triumphi. Tarocchi. So, question marks, nobody knows the origin of it. I actually think it's in gematria, which is transposing numbers for letters, but we're not going to do that right now. Uh, Also called triumphi for the triumphs. Uh, We get trumps from it, like top trumps. Ah, It is top trumps. Um, so triumphs means success in battle, spiritual victory, um, and a, a, prece- a victory procession. Like the Romans, famously, yes, the, uh, the triumphs. The, yeah, basically like a, a parade, isn't it? Yep. Like a, what do we call them over here? I can't remember. A pageant? Um, Carnival. Carnival, yeah. right? Carnival. You know, when he, everyone comes past on floats and they're all doing stuff, that stems back to them. Right. Uh What's the next thing, sorry? So uh, depictions are well-known cultural hierarchs and concepts of the time. So fool, pope, wheel of fortune, death, for example. Self-explanatory? Yeah. 
These are all relatively well known. <laughs> relatively. And they're still quite well known now. If people, this game show called The Wheel of Fortune. We know who death, the figure of death is. And uh, possibly archetypes as well, like Jungian style archetypes, maybe could be. I'd absolutely apply that, but because we're doing the counter argument here before yeah. we begin, okay. This they wouldn't they would say they're not <laughs> archetypes. Uh, top trumps mixed with shithead two v two. So two v two is two people per team, okay. and they basically play. You, you know, you guys have played shithead, sure. Yeah, we've played. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. called lots of different things all over the world. You'll have to look it up. But it's a game where you pick a suit and then you're popping down cards in a, in a ascending order. And in that game, you, your idea is to collect all the cards to be the last person with all the cards. Yeah, generally. and it's, it's the same here. It's the team with, when you count get, them up, they got the highest score. Get rid of them in our shithead, don't we? Uh, yeah, you kind of like get rid chucking of them off, yeah. Yeah, sorry. It's been a while. Uh, many variations still played all over Europe, except Britain and Spain, curiously. The simplified European card deck comes via Tarocchi. Tarocchi. Right, so the, the standard 52 card deck is, is derived from this. Yeah. Great. The trumps are very complex for such a simple game, having no special function, fool aside. So and this occurred to me on the way down as well. So you've got 21 and a fool, what's called the trumps, which are different than all the playing cards. None of them are numbered. Oh, There's an expected right. sequence, but none of them are numbered. And this is a game of top trumps, so it's top trumps without the stats on it. That wouldn't happen. Could and it I, be that the number system has been lost because we have Jack, Queen, King, and we all know that King is the highest, Queen yeah, is yeah. the middle? Well, the, the Emperor, the King, is one of the lower cards in, in this. Right, okay. Yeah, so the, the, there is an order, a, a, an obvious order in the hierarchy of the cards. Right by examining the symbols on there, basically, and, and the characters. But you've got 20-odd cards that are trumping each other but have no vital stats on there, i.e. their actual number in an order. And early on in the game, the order was not quite established, it seems. Okay. It seems. Uh, for homework, I'd be interested to know um, why Britain and Spain are the two countries highlighted there. There might be some historical reason there, but maybe we'll we'll save that for another time. I just don't know. I, no, I, can, I think the homework it out. It's like to do with said, the yeah. Reformation or something. Uh, well, Spain's Catholic. Yeah, but they had the uh, Inquisition. Inquisition. Good point. Inquisition maybe play a card, play a play, play a card, card. <laughs> play a, play a role. Yes, heresy. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. we'll see. Interesting question. Right. So my counter argument to this, put simply, is. The tarot contains the ancient mysteries. And I'm going to argue that through the rest of this presentation. Right. There's not much more to add to that. It's a card game. i show you the rules of the card game. There you go. Excuse me. I'm going to press this button. Well, he's muting himself while he has a, a, a windy pop. Am I? You feel better? I'm not sure go. you even muted yourself before, did you? <laughs> <laughs> did I not? Did I mute Phil and Burp down It's fine. Ah, we're terrible round here. He's backwards up north. Um, do we need to? Uh, do we need to read this bit out, or should we? Right, sk- I, I'll just read it quickly. Okay. Okay. What are the ancient mysteries? It's important to establish this before I can prove what they are. 
Mm. So I'm going to put this very simply. Now, a lot of this is going to be a surprise to most of you because it's taken me years to figure out just what the hell it is. But most experts would agree that the mysteries are death and rebirth rituals, sex, drugs, and a, a set of harmonic maths that they recorded by putting it into the stars and by that they put it into the calendars. The stars are the calendars. Uh, it, they're, they're like the, the rituals and the rites of the old god Saturn. It's this uh, bronze age, Neolithic stroke, bronze age cult, cult religion. It's this hidden religion that's behind all the modern religions. Of course it would be. It's from the Stone Age. Mm. Right. As the main symbols of this, you get serpents and poles. We'll know the caduceus, we'll know a snake on a stick, we'll know Moses with a brazen serpent. There are so many, you know, poles and, and snakes in religious symbology. Right. So the mysteries are, A, a hologrammatic, sorry, well, hologramic representation of psyche through calendrical cosmic maps, as Oof. above, so below. So as we know, the, the Zodiac itself could be seen as a, a wheel of psychology. Yeah, Hamlet or Hamlet's wheel. Hamlet's mill, all that stuff. Uh, it's all about time, rebirth, death. There, it's a map of the year divided up into psychological aspects. The summer of your life is much like the summer of the year. You're full of energy, it's heat, so you can get too hot, you might get a bit violent, you might get a bit too saucy, do you know what I mean? Whatever it'll be. Uh, B, it's a methodology for gaining temporary immortality by use of drugs in sex rites for gnosis, healing, and prophecy. So gnosis is similar to prophecy. You're going to another place in these these rites on these substances, and you are getting revealings, downloads, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. Gnosis. Mm. This is the word for it. Same as knowledge, just with a G. From that, you'll get healing, and obviously the prophecy comes with that. In fact, when you look at some of the more ancient Bronze Age mysteries, especially at the root of, of the Medes from Medea and Magic and all these guys, they are actually making oracles. They're taking even pre-birth sometimes. They're starting you on things like snake venom and opiates and all these. They're, they're, they are programming you with chemicals until they get these people who have lost their mortality and are now oracles. They're, they're the past and is and the future are clear to them right here and now. That's what an oracle is. Like like the Sphinx, which is the past, present, and future all bound up together in one. C. Uh, the symbols of this are snakes and poles used secretly by Egyptians, Sumerians, Persians, Chinese, Jews, Mayans, Masons, Templars, Alchemists, Druids, everybody. They were all using it. You go back long enough, or you look, look down in, deep down enough, they're using poles and serpents. The serpents, uh, we'll get into it all later. Right. The last thing, D, is when the poles are combined with calendars... A sacred mathematics is revealed, and ancient architecture, music, and time is is derived from this this set of numbers. And we're going to briefly look at all these points to prove my point and show you how they're in the tarot. And architecture, music, time are all related. This is the the geometry, isn't it? Yep. 
this cosmic cosmic me cosmos means order it is i know we think of it being out there and it is but it's in down here as well it just means order the the order of the universe and that's what that maths is right it's something we said earlier on another show about geometry you know our architecture is geometry in in sort of space uh, and music yeah. is geometry in time yeah you can put it the other way around as well yeah um, uh, geometry is frozen music it's also architecture so yeah that david alkinson book the sacred sound uh, language of sacred sound i think you'd enjoy that it's a really good book on this sort of area but anyway moving on so uh the first point was that the cosmos uh the the maps of this ancient psyche uh you know ancient psychology and the cosmos it's all the same thing and this is one part of the mystery traditions uh we can see on this map here, we've got what would be the Earth in the centre. We've got Mount Meru coming off it, which is just the same as Olympus and all these other things. You climb through this ladder, Jacob's Ladder. It goes, uh, these are the orbits of the planets. So if you've got a slow orbit, then you're close. If you've got a long orbit, you're at a distance. That does happen to be true. And the, the planets are pretty much in this sequence, apart from the sun, which obviously they thought was spinning around us rather than us spinning around it. This beer is very gassy. Uh, so we got the moon, Venus, Mars, the sun. Then we got, sorry, not Mars, the sun. I'll start again. <laughs> we got the moon, Mercury, Venus, the sun, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. Then we got the band of stars, which is where the zodiac is. They saw them as being fixed because they don't move in comparison to each other, which is what the planets do. And then we've got, uh, a, a portal, essentially, at the pole to the ethereal realm where you know, it's the platonic imaginal realm. This is all Platonism. It all starts from Plato. Right. This is literally a description of, of his concept of the universe, and you can trace that back to those meads we were talking about. And to, it, it, it goes deep, but we're not going to go there right now. What I want to say is, just like the uh, chakra... It's the same concept. There are, there are seven chakras, there are seven planets. Uh, they go up the body. If we look on the image on the left, there's a, a medieval conception of, of where the planets sit in the body, and we can see they're just pretty much going up the spine as the same as they were in the east. That's because there are seven nerve branches that come from your spine that control you, just like the ancients saw fate by these seven planets. Fate's controlled in your body, fate's controlled in the heavens. It's all as above, so below. It's this is why you called Ryan Seven. Ryan Seven, isn't it? Because it, it, Seven, Seven Colors of the Rainbow. It's seven, coincidental, but yeah. Seven notes <laughs> in, in the octave, Seven I Ams of Jesus Christ. All that stuff. It goes on and on and on. On and on and on. Yeah, absolutely. Very integral. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll actually see why it's Seven. I mean, not just because of that. That is one reason, but they, they saw that in the maths of Seven. Oh, we're going, we're going to Pythagorean number theory. Oh, we will, yes. Very, oh, excellent. Very, very I love quickly that. As well. <laughs> Should we move on? Yeah. Oh, look, Pythagorean oh, number theory. <laughs> right, so we're, we're going to do this bit quickly, quickly, because we already went over this in the last episode. But the major arcana, as the, uh, sorry, not the major arcana, the tarot cards, as the Mamluk cards, are pretty much based on a calendar. So we've put... a got a list in this top right in in lilac it's not purple that's lilac uh put four aces or suits the four suits are the four seasons we've got 40 number cards four minus four aces 
is 36 deacons are degree are 360 degrees in a circle. Yeah. The 36 plus four and one fool is 365 days a year because you've got 36 plus five. If you get me there. Yep. Uh, 36 plus four aces is 364 days in a lunar year. Yeah. 36 plus 16 court cards. There are 16 court cards. I know we have 12 in ours, don't we? Right, but they add more. They have one more in each suit. Got you. Yeah. Uh, So 36 plus 16 court cards is 52 (laughs) weeks in a year. On and on and on. There's many more than I've put there, but we can see how very simply playing about with these different sets of cards, we're getting calendar, calendrical numbers. Yep. Right. We've also got four suits. We've got staves, cups, swords, and coins. These are from the very first deck, that this Visconti Northern Italian deck from Milan. What's it, What's a stave? So a stave's a pointy stick. Right. Or you could say mace. Okay. Right. So in a modern deck, that would be clubs, a club. Right. Uh, hearts for cups. Swords is uh, spades. Espada in Spanish is, is a sword. Oh. So spades. I'm sure it's the same in Italian because that's probably where it's come from. Mm. And coins are... Diamonds. Diamonds. All makes sense, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Right, so let this make further sense because these are the platonic first four numbers in the the Pythagorean number theory things. And I'll tell you from a different perspective first because I'm a martial artist and in the Eastern martial arts, they use the four, sometimes five elements, but they got the four elements... A strike, a pointy stick, and a straight line are all considered fire. Bang! It's mm. fire. Water would be like a grab, like a cup. I am cupping you. It would be... It, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good throw, that. Uh, so uh, the, a, a weapon of, of the water element would be a chain or a, or a, a rope or something like that. Right, or a garrot. Yeah. Do you get me? Yeah. Uh, Aikido is an air element martial art, and everything they do is sword-based. Oh, wow. It, the, the throws are sword-based, everything's sword. Man, this is in Japan, man. Yeah, this is in Japan. They do it in China. So my own personal martial art uses this system as well, you know? It's just the way it is. And people that are saying, anyone that says, you know, there's no mysticism in there, well, I, I appreciate that this is the worldview back then and the cosmos back then but this is pretty bloody high knowledge and this is only a card game what's what's the coin martial art uh, it would be a shield as it is on many actual tarot decks it's a shield so let, let, let's just describe okay. the actual uh metaphysic of each, of each of these cards quickly so we've just said fire a straight line burning energy the principle of energy the number one yep. the, the thing that everything's made up of is energy and the number one you're a one i'm a one we're all singles. The human race is a single. The earth is a single. And then you can drill down to... It's one of many, isn't it? And those are made up of ones of many. And you know, Cup, water, the emotions. Well, it's hearts, isn't it? If in, in a real deck, it's the hearts. Well, a cup describes the container for... It's an environment, isn't it? It's an environment. The emotions are your personal environment. Your thoughts are your inner environment. Whatever you're thinking right now. So this is... I'm really trying to get through this quickly. Uh, swords are splitting instruments. They cut things in two. 
Now suddenly you've had the thing it was before and now it's got divided into two. This is just the way it works. And now you've got, for the coins, you've got all these things added up together and put into something that can recycle. It's about cycling because it starts again. That's another, yeah, it starts again. So money's like that. You put your bit in, I put my bit in, and then we can take that and we can transform it and start again with it. That's what coins do. And is that why why Earth is associated with cycling? Because, you know, you put things go in the, hey, yeah. we go in the Earth yeah. once we're done here and we get yeah. recycled. Yeah, you know, it's it like, completely is that. Wow, that's amazing. And air, the sword, that's also associated with the intellect, oh, isn't it? forgive that, me, yeah. I did, like, sk- I did skip on, yeah, the intellect. And the intellect is literally... What divides. Divides. It divides things up to allow you to analyse things. Cool. Excellent. Amazing. So we're going to flick one on. Right, so ignore the things on the left. If anybody's expert enough to see what I've done there, you'll, you'll see that those are the divisions in the tarot. But we can we can ignore that. We're going to reiterate this this first four mystical principles again. Number one is the index because it's that thing which all the other numbers are made up of, but less expressed, less uh, worldly, less experienced. So it's an index in a book. It tells you all the the chapter headings, but not actually the information within that. It would be grammar in grammar, logic and rhetoric. The trivium. The trivium. So the logic in the grammar, logic and rhetoric will be the second card here. And that is that there's a there's a female second that needs to go next to that one, that monad. There's a dyad. And with this dyad comes together, you get the male and the female and they create a third thing. We've said this many times on these mm-hmm. podcasts that I've done with you guys. Create a third thing. That would be a pregnant lady. There's a pregnant lady. <laughs> Card three. Card number three. She's the empress and she's a big lass and she's pregnant. <laughs> and she's got green gloves on because she's like, she's mother nature. All right, yeah. Interesting. And then the emperor is that fourth principle where everything's kind of start again, ready to recycle. And then, he, you know, he's the son, as it were, of these first three. He's popped out. I know he looks like an old duffer, but... He's the son of those first three cards. And then we, we go on again. Is, is this the Visconti deck? This well? is the Visconti ah, deck. The early deck. I'm right. going to almost always show the very first deck unless the cards are destroyed or lost in that deck. Right. And right. and you, you'll see otherwise that they, they look quite dissimilar to these ones. Right? I think that's... So I've reiterated this Pythagorean number philosophy and the Platonic worldview just in the, the first four cards of two different Yeah. What's the sets? name of that triangle where you have one and then two dots and then three? It's the Tetractus. The Tetractus. Yeah, so if anyone interested in this weird shit, uh, Iamblichus is an yeah. interesting or book to read. Indeed, look at the previous podcast that we've done together yeah. because it goes over all this stuff in a lot more detail. It's a really interesting sort of philosophy. Anyway, let's move on to right. the fool. So we said that it's star law. They, they put all the stuff in the stars, these ancient magicians, and the very first card here is the Fool, and that's from the Visconti and the Dordal deck. And the Fool's well known to be Orion. I don't think Mr. Newman would disagree with me on that. It's the constellation Orion. And we can see, if we look on the actual star map on the left, there's a red line and it says Sirius. Do we know another name for the for the, the Dog, star Sirius? Dog, Dog star. Okay, and 
It's it's on the French desk. There's a dog there. There's a dog mm. biting at his willy. Oh. Because on a lot of them, they'll have it, his belt coming off. There'll be kids pulling his belt off and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> and it's because can you loose the belt of Orion? Uh, now, what happens when you lose the belt of Orion? Your pants fall down. And Your junk falls down. Right. And on a lot of them, you can actually see his, his thingy. And I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a mushroom because it's got a white stone and a red end on it. <laughs> oh, mine, looks like, mine looks like a mushroom, generally. Especially <laughs> yeah. if it's a cold day and a dog's just pulled my belt off. <laughs> or some small children that are also pelting rocks at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's on there. Um, so... That, that'll do for Any that. particular reason for highlighting Battle Gears and Rigel there? Oh, I've not done that. It's just, I've just, it's just on robbed the thing, it off. Right? The that's, that's yeah. Oh, sorry, one last thing. Mm. He's called the Fool because in Hebrew esotericism, that constellation's called Kessel, which is the Fool. In Hebrew? In Hebrew, yeah. A Kessel run. Mm, in, in 12 parsecs. Ah, <laughs> is, it, is it not Kessler? Is it Kessel? It's Kessel, Kessel run. And he's taking it from that, isn't he? And Solo. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of esoterica in um, Star Wars, but it's just oh, like the is. words. It's not really, it doesn't really have deep meaning to it. It's just nicked like Yoda's, obviously Yoda's and Yodhe Vave and all that stuff. Yoda, yeah. Yoda. Yodhe. Okay, uh, astronomical astrology. These are further proof that, you know, the actual basis of the cards are in the stars. As we were saying, the magicians put all the secrets in the stars to be remembered. Uh, they were the observers and astrologers. It was them. And and the wordsmiths and the creators of language and the, the finders of civilization. So we've got the, the first card there is what's called the strength card or the force, meaning literally the force from Star Wars. We're just talking <laughs> about Star Wars. Yeah. That's where he's probably got that from. In fact, that's where he's got that from. Uh, it's the Leo card. Leo we're just discussing Leo in August. The summer of your life is like the summer of a, a year. Is like the the middle of the day. You're, you're at your best. You're fiery. You're like, let's go. Let's do this. It's like a lion. Unfortunately, that lion in uh, of summer of that roaring heat in most countries, especially the countries where tarot began, will destroy everything. You've been like to Spain or Italy on holiday in the summer, and it's everything's yellow and about to set on fire. <laughs> So this guy is tempering his lion. You, if, if you can zoom in on that, uh, not you guys, but at home, uh, you'll see the face in the li- of the lion and the face of the chap are very, very similar looking. Hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty shitty drawing of a lion's head, though, isn't it? Yeah, and of the guy's face is proper ugly. Uh, Got some nice quads, though, hasn't he? <laughs> he's ripped. He's been he's squatting, hasn't he? Squatting down to get that tiny lion. Yeah. <laughs> So, so he's. It, this is an allegory of of beating down that sex force that makes you do things that you shouldn't do. Right. Oh. Uh, the Wheel of Fortune is literally an allegory for the entire ecliptic, the the band of the zodiac that goes around you. That's yeah. what the Wheel of Fortune is. It's the heavens spinning around you. Then this last card here is is called the Sun, and is about the Sun, <laughs> the esoteric meaning of the Sun. So I don't. Uh, again, we've we've got the actual structure of the tarot is what the magicians used to do their art. Why is he holding a head above his head? Do we know? Yes. Should, should we leave it uh, for later? It's it, we should we should leave it because we don't have time. Okay. No worries. No worries. Right. So I've chosen the hermit here to go a bit deeper into esoterically to show you 
why you would end up with this specific character for Virgo. This guy's associated with Virgo. You can kind of see on the Leo card, at least there's a line on there. Why would this card and other cards that don't seem particularly related be as they are? So each card is a formula. The formula of this card is Virgo and Saturn. Now, Virgo, all the star signs have uh, little attached things. You, you'll hear, oh, Virgo is ruled by Mercury. And you'll hear uh, other big words like um, ones I can never remember. Like, he's got his domicile there and other, other silly sounding words, old-fashioned medieval sounding words for this planet is linked to this star sign. So... Virgo is one of the 12 signs of the Zodiac. The 12 signs of the Zodiac are, as we've just discussed in the cards, fire, water, air, and earth. And then you get a cardinal fixed and a mutable of each one of those four elements. Cardinal means beginning. It means a hinge, like a door opening, so beginning. Fixed literally means to to hold it in place. And then mutable means to change, like mutate. Mm. So these are three modalities of existence. You're either beginning something, you're doing it, or you're changing it. And not everything is always under those three conditions at all times. So Virgo is ruled by Mercury. Mercury is the earth, the intellect. He's thinking, he's a communicator. He's bridging one thing and another thing. He's literally the bridge. He's associated with sex because sex is a bridging action between two people. I don't know why I'm pointing at you, Phil. I just think you'd be it's very handsome. Thanks. Right. Um, Virgo is mutable. Uh, no, he's not. Uh, Virgo is... Fixed. Fixed, yeah, fixed air. Fixed earth, sorry. No, mutable earth. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> right, so he is mutable earth. He's... Virgo's a lady normally holding a, 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 a branch of wheat. Yes. She's yeah. the virgin. The virgin goes out. It's not so much that she's not had sex, is that she's going out doing her own thing. It means that she's not got a husband. That's what virgin meant. And that, so she's got to go out and do her own, you know, picking people up and picking up the harvest. She's got jobs to do. So she's, she's literally going fetching the stuff to bring it back. There's a term for going getting bundles of sticks, but I can't say it on the internet. Okay. Uh, we know what that term is, don't we? For going fetching firewood. Yeah, begin with an F. F, yeah. then A-G-G-O-T. Uh, so that's why at, uh, at private schools, that same word was used for, for your underling because you'd go and fetch your firewood for you, kind of an it, idea. yeah, an underling. An underling, well, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's all it was. And and it, it's it's referred to certain seg- parts of society now because as an insult, it's like that's all you're worth doing, a woman's job. That's 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 where the insult comes from. Yeah. So uh, with that in mind, it's this lady. She's going out. She knows what to pick. It's the end of the season. You know, the summer's gone. It's, it's early, late summer, early autumn, which is when Virgo is. And she's going out and picking those, picking that barley or whatever it is and the wheat that she's got in her hand. And she takes it back and puts it in the right place. She stores it in the right place. Now, psychologically, Virgo is like a librarian. It's that faculty of mind. When we're having a conversation, there's a bit that connects my 
present condition, maybe you're talking to me and you've just said something to me and I've listened. So we've made that connection. Mercury rules two different signs. He rules Virgo and he rules Gemini. I'm a Gemini. We've got this connective thing. We can just like that. It's a quick wit. Just things connect quickly. Virgo is the fetching capacity of the intellect that goes into your internal library, flicks through those cards. There's the bloody book there. Grabs the book and brings it back and gives it to you. Mercury has this chthonic aspect where he's a dog that fetches things in the underworld. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's this fetching idea. What is that? Well, it's this instant analysis. The, the intellect's instantly able to analyse things. And that's the meaning of Virgo. Now, when you add Saturn into the mix, Saturn is very like that. It's very much about anal analysis and understanding. Saturn's an old fella. So he's been through it. He's done that school of hard knocks. He's seen life. He's been around the block a few times. He knows what's going on. He's called the Hermit, this card. Sometimes he's called Saturn, Saturno. Right. But he's, he's the Hermit. And what he's doing, he's going away. He's using his knowledge and he's examining time and life. We can see him holding a, a sand timer there. All the time, yeah. yeah. And he's crippled. We've Saturn's often crippled. There's a there's a slightly later card down the top right in black and white, and we can see he's got a pillar behind him. That's because esoterically Saturn lives at the top of the North Pole because he is time, and that's where time emanates from because that is where the Earth spins around, where the cosmos spins around. Saturn claws at the North Pole. Saturn claws, and he looks very much like Father Christmas. Mm. We're not going to mention his mushroom hat and his mushroom leg. <laughs> Because they're coming up later. Okay. Uh, and that and other things that are readable on that are uh, the reasons why we have this character. So it makes sense. It's a formula. It's Virgo plus Mercury plus Saturn plus the number nine. The number nine is uh, in Pythagorean number philosophy and Kabbalistic number philosophy is the last number before perfect 10. It's nearly there. For the, re the resetting of the cycle. Yes. Once you get to 10, it starts It starts again. all over again. It's completion and, and ready to start again. So nine is nearly there. It's a lensing effect. It's taking all those things and putting them into one place, <coughs> and it's nearly popping out perfect in number 10, but we're not quite there yet. So just to clarify, are we, are we saying here that the Hermit card from the Tarot is a composite of... Virgo, um, Mercury, Saturn. And the number nine. And the number nine. And the number nine. Is because the, he's, lensing, the ninth... he's lensing his life. He's about to give birth to wisdom. And he's the ninth card? He's the ninth card. Obviously. Yeah. Right. Okay. Makes sense? Absolutely, yeah. Good. Okay. So we, we've said that, remember in those first presets, we said that one of the, we've, we've, what have we gone through so far? We've gone through, it's cosmic map of the psyche made up of the stars and we said that it it aims to give you through those previous things we're talking about through this cosmic map you can find your way through through the cosmos through your own psyche and come out of it come out of the mortal realm past saturn which is the last one the limiting guy past death as well as just calendrical from a practical standpoint as sorry as well as just Purely calendrical for, from a practical standpoint, when to plant, when to sow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when yeah. to harvest. All that stuff. Yeah, it's a complete manual for being alive. Right. So 
the thing they were aiming to do in the cults was to die and come back. That's what Saturn's all about. That's why you see skull and crossbones to do with all this Mithraic and, and Masonic stuff. You're aiming to die and be brought back. In the past, they did it in some extreme ways with, mm. with doses of venoms and poisons and antidote. Note that all drugs are quite often seen as being poisons and often are poisons, as is everything in, in too much of a dose. Do you know what I mean? Everything is in the dosage. So the whole point is to go outside of the realm of mortality temporarily. What did they mean by that? Well, can come, you sense come back? Yeah, well, you've Make got sure to you come, come back. back. Yeah. yeah. Well, many many times you don't. This is the this is the danger of it, isn't it? So basically, you rid yourself of those seven gods and return back to a simpler form. Those seven gods include things like your sense of time, your sense of self etc etc until you've rid yourself of all these seals which these gods represent you've risen above those seven chakra the seven seals of solomon the seven seals of right. revelation which are also suppositories <laughs> <laughs> yeah the seven different drugs that you put up your bum oh i've been it's been getting weird anyway not all at once surely ryan <laughs> not all what all at once yeah the seven suppo yeah, just suppositories do all seven you can't say drop them. What could you say? Shove them. Shove them. <laughs> <laughs> Ram them home. Okay. Uh, right. Oh, sorry. Can we just check sorry, that? That's, 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 that's fine. Uh, so here are three images. One's an alchemical one where you can see a guy popping his head out of those fixed stars into where the wheels and wheels and wheels are, the wheels within wheels. You know, this is the platonic realm. And there's a tree there behind him, which is this pole idea. Then again, we've got the pole coming down from the pole star in the second image through through the dove. I could talk about this for hours. This is an alchemical image. This is sun crossing with the moon for this idea of an alchemical marriage. This is what happens in the death state. When, when you die, before you come back, you have this alchemical marriage, which is a mix of sun and moon. Sun is consciousness. Moon is subconsciousness you mix the two together and you stay in that dreamlike state but you're able to remember it mostly next one on we got one of the oracles one of the pythian the pythia of yeah, delphi yeah. and there are many rumors about how they got high but they mm. definitely got high <laughs> either it was steam coming up from vents or you know they'd have been they, these ladies and it is a female art they, they had a high technology of medicine, healing, and drugs. And believe me, if if you were caught doing something wrong and they wanted to get some information out of you, they could use it for that as well. So these were very, very powerful priestesses. And it's always goddess cults, by the way. Saturn has a female side. Saturn can be seen as androgynous, really. Um, yes, these, it be, because these states, uh, you, you're feminized. The, the masculine being active, the feminine being passive, and when you're in these states, you ain't active, you're on your bum. Right. You're dead. Not dead, dead, but near as damn it for a lot of the time. Otherwise, you're using certain substances, substances like opiates, uh, mushrooms, and things like that to get you there. I love mushrooms, personally. Uh, for fun. Uh, no, wait a minute, this is going <laughs> even longer. <laughs> I enjoy the... Um, there's a certain 
happiness around images of mushrooms, isn't there? They're a bit frivolous and silly. So it's an easy thing to engage in without showing you, oh, look, there's an opium poppy, there's Datura, there's... So we're just going to concentrate on mushrooms, and I'm going to show you mushrooms hidden in that first tarot deck, starting from... No! Boom. Next. No, not next to you. <laughs> It'll actually be the next slide. I'm showing you mushrooms hidden in history. Bottom left, cave walls somewhere. That's a mushroom man covered in mushrooms, some shamanic in- image. Next to that, we've got uh, a mushroom from alchemy with a red mushroom person in a tree. Then we've got an actual Amanita muscaria stroke fly agaric mushroom, the Christmas fairy tale mushroom. Mm. Then we've got an image from alchemy of alchemia, and you can see where her bush is the soil at the bottom of the mushroom, of the foot there, and then it goes up to the top of her head, which is a bird and the mushroom gills, and it's c- cunningly hidden that. And she's got two wells beneath her because... Because one well is filled with the water that you drink that you put the mushroom in in the first place. And the second well is your own urine that you drink to get high off the mushroom. Above that is a similar image. Top tip, listeners. Top tips. <laughs> We're always talking about the, the second here, aren't we? Now with the... <laughs> You've got a double tap. Yeah. Uh, above that, we've got Adam and Eve from uh, a Cathar-related temple. Um, th- these were the Gnostics and did lots of... These kind of things that we've been talking about, including um, having the body process certain substances, including seminal communions. And I don't mean like a seminary, even though that word has the same root. I mean, it's a biscuit party and similar. Um, Then we've got uh, Persian Mithraic Zoroastrian types who are giving the Homer, as it's called there, or Soma, as we might know it over here, to his king. He's a high priest. And then next up, we've got the Persian Mithras from Rome. The, the cult was called the Persian cult. And he's got his nice red speckled dress on now and his leg sticking out. The top of his leg looks like a Liberty Cat mushroom, but his dress and everything else. It's pretty commonly believed now that he is a Manita Muscaria mushroom embodied. And, and actually, the story of Soma, Haoma, in uh, the surviving Vedic tradition in northern India is... Obviously, the the Soma god, the the moon god, is the bull, is the drug. He's picking the drug when he does it. And this is academics speaking. I forget the chap's name, but um, you can go and look that up. It's easy to find. It's probably even on Wikipedia by now. Right. Okay. Should we move on? Right. uh, Here are some ways. Here are some other things. Uh, We've got... It's adding up to a shamanic science, this. We've already had psychology. We've had astrology and astronomy. Uh, Mercury is the god of weights and measures. He's one of the main teacher gods for this. Um, Those two opposing serpents are kind of hinting at a measurement. A measurement is comparing one thing to another. In this case, it's a dose to an antidote. And they're going up this pole, which is A, your spine... And you get your seven chakra up, going up that spine. We've got one, two, three, four, five. We've got six there. How disappointing. Um, yeah. So you'd have to refer to previous episodes for this. But those two serpents making love, that is what they're doing, is uh, a best common denominator for this science. We've got, because it's measurements all the time. And science is comparing one thing to another, like, Venom, anti-venom, uh, inch to meter. Do you get me? This uh, Even a measurement is I'm comparing the size of this to the size of that. 
It's always comparison. And if you can find any system that has these two things bond together, make love. That's that's where we are. The we, whole point of reality is how we define reality is opposites. Opposites. It's like hot and cold. How do you know something's hot or cold? You need to have experience both to yeah. understand. It's like love and hate. And so this is the understanding of gnosis. This is what you get when you've done that death rebirth thing. They're the main thing you get. You get lots of things. But the main thing you get is there's a point in death. It makes you live your life knowing that you're going to die. It, it's right. it's the ultimate gold to get you to do something. And going back to like some previous shows we've talked about psychology and uh, people using these sorts of substances for uh, PTSD and whatnot, that it can create a kind of a, a review like a reevaluation of what it is to be alive. It's like mm. there's something that gets reset, it seems, with these substances. It does. It, it gives you a... Uh, Maybe not always long-lasting. Brain at a default. Maybe, you know, it's different, different compounds network. will work differently. And again, the dose yeah. will be key yeah. and the setting and everything else. But uh, uh, the, actual, the actual door <coughs> to be used with that key is the mystical experience itself. You can have as many sessions as you want if you don't have the mystical experience of death and rebirth the psychology doesn't work that that's the thing that you're looking for okay it can be done with many different substances right and <coughs> that's me that's me by oh way. i don't enjoyed that back at home right. and it may be able to be done exogenously as well through breath work meditation kundalini all these sorts of things you might oh, not absolutely. even might not even need to take out no definitely i, but, can, I, I can testify that to that myself uh, it gets it's get high on your own supply. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to handle though because you've invoked it yourself. There's no guarantee that if it gets a bit too much handle, it's going to wear off quickly. Right, good point. Which is a, a, a you know, if you're scientifically calculating doses and things like that, it's an easy thing to to work out. Right. Okay. Right. Is there so left here, right? Uh, yeah, we got a couple of things. So we've got uh, Fuxi Anuwa from China. Uh, probably came from Persia, this this symbol, because it's a Silk Road thing. But we can see the two serpents, as per usual. We can see lots of stars around them. We can see them holding a square and compass. Ooh. And if you look in the skirt, unusually shaped skirt, you can see lots of mushrooms hidden in that, in the pleats in the skirt, which is very common. We've seen quite a few times in previous podcasts. Mm. One off to the right, we've got those two serpents again in, in Mercury's wand, his caduceus. There's two serpents crawling up. We've got the mushrooms in the clothes again. If you look at his, his the wafting oh, clothes, yeah. clearly mushrooms yeah. hidden in that. And Mercury is the god of weights and measures. So, and he's this by not by so he's like gay hermaphroditic. I mean the re, the, the word hermaphrodite comes from Mercury Her- Hermes. Hermes yeah, oh, yeah, is his Greek name. So then we've got the androgyne. We've already said about the sun and moon coming together. The sun's masculine, the moon's feminine. This is what all these symbols are, these two snakes coming together. And it's the in alchemy, it's the sacred androgyne, which is male and female coming together with the wings. And, you know, that shape is the shape of a mushroom. So with that done, let's move on. What I'm saying is there is repeats. And here we go, repeated again in the tarot. The image on the right-hand side is called the Lovers and is the Mercury Gemini card in the tarot. We've got a male and a female coming together around a pole. 
Well, that pole's very suspicious, isn't it? Looks a lot like a psilocybin someone see out to mushroom. It does. On the on the the rim of that parasol, and I would like to say the word parasol because if you look at this little black and white cutout image just to the left of that parasol, can you see it? It's like yes. a, it's like a mushroom shaped thing. Well, that is the sacred parasol from Eastern traditions, and you can see that's you know it begins with a lotus and ends with a, like an upside down lotus. But you'll you'll see when you look at pictures of Buddha and stuff like that when he's under the body tree or under parasols, they are mushrooms. You know, there's a mushroom called a parasol mushroom in this country, right. but yeah, they're all mushroom shaped. Most of those eight uh holy objects in in eastern traditions in buddhism and, and jainism and stuff like that they are not very well hidden drug allegories the lotus itself from buddhism is is the the egyptians loved smoking and eating blue lotus they they soak the wine in blue lotus and get off their heads right uh so it's a repeat eros was who's the guy at the top the cupid looking fella eros is the word for that character in in greece he is that sexual force that we've been talking about. This is the big secret, the big, big, one of the big, big secrets of all these mystery traditions and all the religions. He is the power of the drugs. The things that drugs do to you is invoke his power to put through you. There's, there's two people, they always come together, Eros and Aphrodite. That's why they're called aphrodisiacs, because <laughs> they bring on Aphrodite erotic erotic this is why you mostly get priapisms and and things like that well you think of um osiris he has he he has he's very proud of himself isn't he most of the time when you see him is because we've already said at the beginning these cults it was sex and death those two things are very related i'm not going to go into that now le petit mot i'll say that sex and death are very related and a lot of these drugs give you priapisms or start the juices flowing and imagine if you are brought to conclusion while you're on these things it is very much a part of this ritual you got to think where orgies come from (laughs) right that top uh, just above that black and white mushroom we got a serpent with a little boy coming out of its mouth uh on the last slide, we had an alchemical picture of a mushroom and there was a lady, like a red lady in a tree. It's the same symbol. It's a mushroom. It's that red mushroom. But it's also a symbol for the ancestry of these lineages. Almost all of them have a dragon as their ancestor. It's true for the Merovingians who had Melusine as their ancestor. And it's true for these guys who claim Alexander is their ancestor who was born of a dragon. And it, and what you can see is the spiritual rebirth from the snake. You're either being eaten by or regurgitated by the snake. Come the snake on. is altered states of consciousness. When you have small doses of venom, it brings on an altered state of consciousness. I think going to the dragon lineages, fuck me, this is a wormhole. Mm. But there's so much there. Uther Pendragon, mm-hmm. the king of the dragons, man. Yeah. Like all your King Arthur lore is yeah. related to this. And, um, and all this star stuff. Draconis, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Khaleesi. Dragons and snakes yeah. are synonymous. What did 
St. Patrick do? Came to Ireland, he got rid, rid of, of the all druids. the snakes, the druids, the brotherhood of the serpents. Yep. He, ri- he ridded the land for the Pope of the druids. And this is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. It's I great. No, it is great. This you are buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one of them. Boom! I did that gear, didn't I? Is it like, how do you do it? <laughs> just, 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 give me a fist bump. Just oh, rub nice. each other's fist. wrists. He said, "Fist me." Ugh. Go on. Where are we? Right. Sorry you, for that. I'm giving you a fist in. So, uh, yeah. So we've discussed that family crest, and they said that the army of the Visconti would not camp unless that dragon was risen in a tree. We've already talked about the serpents and the poles and obviously snakes and trees has a lot to do with Western mythology. Right, so now we see the star card. This is the lady holding the star in her hand. The idea of the magicians was you were drawing down the stars. You're drawing down the power of the stars or you're having the stars come down to you. There are certain substances named after stars. Uh, an obvious one is called Asterion, which is Greek for star. And you get, um, like... Anyway. <laughs> Asterion's a, a, a word for star. And can you think of a plant that has star-shaped leaves that you might enjoy? Star anise? Cannabis has oh. star-shaped oh, leaves. Cannabis. And that is Asterion. So you get many, many, and this STR root word, like Saturn, is is indicative of these Babylonian mystery traditions. That is where I'm pretty sure it's Babylon. It's it's around there somewhere that these what STR words come from. Right. Cool. And you'll you'll see them. In I many need to. I'm, I'm gonna. That's another homework. I'm gonna think of STR words. Yeah, it's really really interesting. Well, if you just think of S ST words. You, you get Saturnian words, so you get stick, stuck, stop, stay. Do you get me? Um, Stabilise. Um, these are all Saturnian limiting, you know. Steady. S- steady, do you know what I mean? Staccato. Staccato. Mm. Sticky. Yeah, sticky. So you get, I mean, it's not exclusively true, but most ST and STR words are, 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 are Saturn. Especially if it's all an older word. Stud. Stud, yeah, they're all, they are, they're all fixed words. And Saturn is the god of limitation. Yep. It's very interesting, isn't it? Right, let's get on with the freaking mushrooms. No, whoa. Sorry, say, whoa, whoa, <laughs> stay, stop, stand, still. Saturn. <laughs> so we've got this star card lady. Now, she's in a strange pose with a hand on her belly, isn't she? I don't, I, she, I don't see people standing like that. Well, there's a big mushroom top and a stem coming down the centre of, of a dress. And you can say, yeah, probably, maybe. And then I go, well, I'll have a look on a dress then. So when I was, the little zoom in blue panels next to on the right of her, yes. I, I just zoom in to what's on a dress. And at, at a distance, it looks like light coming from the clouds or something. But the second you zoom in, they're like these stripy mushroom shapes with one big stem in the middle. And, well, you can see it there right. for yourself. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, that's not proof it's mushrooms, Ryan, but it is pretty convincing until I go on to the next card, which is the moon card, which I've not shown you the full card, but I've taken two images from the wide one at the very bottom of the star card and the one just underneath the ones we were talking about. And those same images are growing from the ground underneath the feet. 
the same shapes with the same striations going up. And they're definitely not trees because they're under her legs and not off in the background. And there are also trees drawn on that same image, which look nothing like that. They're clearly growing around the feet. Right, which is what mushrooms do. Which is what mushrooms do, and mushrooms are that shape. Right. And I can't think of any other icon in the the holy visual lexicon that looks like that shape. Three striated marks and a stalk coming out the bottom. It doesn't make any sense. I put on the top left image just because he looks wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> is he from the tarot? Yeah, he's the first, he's the magician. Oh, right. The, the scribe. Is and he's a bit name. spaced out. He's had a he's rough a night, hasn't he? Out. Yeah, exactly. He's just drunk his own piss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's done the double tap. <laughs> he's drunk from the second tap. <laughs> he has. He definitely has. So that is... Um, the, the priestess or the papess as it was back in those days and I'm, I looked at the left image the, brown, the light brown image first and I saw a leg I'm like that looks like a mushroom to me especially seen as liberty cap mushroom is liber as in a book and she's holding a book above it they do things back in the, in, in, in these days is like they take a psychedelic most psychedelics are also dyes and inks like All the right. like the famous murex purple snail shell that they that they got Tyrian purple from the purple dye is a drug. Stick that up your bum and it gets you off your head. Why does everything have to go up your bum these days? Because <laughs> it was back in them. No, we'd inject it, right. but they didn't. They couldn't do that, so they either make a slit in your skin and wrap a bandage around it, mm-hmm. or put it on a on a whatever. A snail shell. Yeah, they crush up snail right. shells and take out a little bladder there, and and it's got this purple. It's like. I think it's like benzene or something like that. Benzedrine. I can't remember. I know there's like a beetle shell that makes red, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, Colchinel. I don't know. Colchinel. It's in all your food dyes. E141 food dye. I think that's a drug as well. And Colchis is where Medea comes from, who's the root of medicine and drugs, and and the first person to be the magician. The whole country that started the magicians changed the names from the Aryans to the Medes because of Medea. She's the drug lady that started all this stuff off in the first place. Wow, I need to brush up on my Median Empire research, man, because I didn't think much was known about the Medes um, before, like, you know, like pre-Cyrus the Great, but I, I want to dip in now. Top guy, Cyrus. Anyway, he was. I wasn't saying that sarcastically. Seems like a... I've not read that much into him, but it is some cool things. Hey, as he, sent I can the, see. he sent the Jews on. Yeah, he did. That's that's one great thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I wasn't quite convinced it was a mushroom, and I was a bit less not quite convinced <laughs> when I looked at. There's a repaint now on the right, and it's difficult to see in this room. But those folk at home, I'm sure they could see. It's very suspiciously painted like a mushroom. Yeah. Right. Next image, please. Oh, look, the hermit wearing two mushrooms on his head. Not much more needs to be said than that. The hermits are fed in in the hermit law by raven's bread. Raven's bread is another name for the Amanita muscaria mushroom. On the top right, as we showed in in a podcast, Phil's obviously having a flashback to the, uh, the serpent in the cup is obviously medicine, serpent venom, poison, antidote, all that shit. And uh, we've got a raven now, which is a bird of the dead that will take you to the <laughs> underworld and bring you back. This is what hermits do. Hermits, hermits have like three main symbols 
a skull because they're examining death, a time because they're examining death, and and uh, and bread because they're examining death. All these th- things are death rebirth ceremony. Where's that top right image from? If the, uh, the it's like a Christian image. Yeah, it's, I can't remember. Is it alchemical? It's, no, it's Christian. Fuck me! Why? It's like why would you put a raven there holding a piece of bread with a tiny snake? With a tiny snake in a cup. Yeah, it's it's yeah okay. I'll also point to the hermit's cocky leg there with the, with the, that same mushroom shape on there. Yeah, but it doesn't need to be done. When you know the dose, apparently, although the chemicals in Amanita are very wild, you know, they vary a lot. Um, two caps is mythologically the standard dose. But that's a lot. Bloody hell, don't do that. Anyway, next one. Right. Um, we said, so we're putting into the, the whole substances part. Now we're saying that the poles are an exemplar for the mystics to make their journey. They're trying to get to a place of immortality. The immortal realm, by its nature, is beyond time. If time comes from the pole then if you can go to that centre part of the pole or beyond that, time doesn't go there. The point at the middle of the wheel doesn't turn, does it? It's an axis around which everything else turns. Yeah. That's their idea. Now, these four symbols here are explanatory of, of that idea. We've got a, a Cairo symbol, that PX, with an alpha and omega, which picks time, the beginning and beginning the end. Beginning and the end, yeah. The pole in the middle, then we've got these two axes, which we're <laughs> going to discuss briefly now. The same with the serpent caduceus that we can see just hidden behind it. And I've put one over the other to show that it's the same bloody symbol. We've got the the wings at the top, the the nub of the pole. Think of a Christmas tree too. That's that's tinsel is snake your snake going up the tree. You got your star on the top, and the baubles up there are the stars. Yeah. The Masons have it in Boaz and Yakin, the 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 two poles. And the Pope also has it in his keys that, is, that are very old pagan symbols that were held by Janus. Janus is a Saturnian character called Alpha and Omega. He was the first to be called Alpha and Omega. And he held those keys along with Kibel. And these are all Saturnian figures. Janus is January, the, the beginning of the year, the end of the last year and the beginning of the new year. One We've face got... looking forward, one back. Absolutely. So why two poles? Why the X? Why the two serpents around that pole? Why two keys? We'll quickly do the two keys. The two keys are autumn, where Virgo is, and spring, where... Oh, sorry, I take it back about Virgo. It's where Scorpio is, and in spring, where Taurus is. The keys to autumn and winter, the, the, the end of the year and the new year, the growing year, the year of life. All these Saturnian rituals are winter rituals. They're about the death. You know, if it was a life ritual, it would be in the summer, but it's not. It's about the death, so it's it in winter. You're having the key to winter to die to come back, so it's this mystical stuff. The two pillars are also represented in the two keys, and what are the two pillars? Well, you can see at the capital of the B pillar, there's the zodiac. You can see the, the, the plough there, and then you can see that in that band in the center, there's the symbols of the zodiac. On the right pillar, we've got the earth. Let's look over the next, next image, please. All right. So, 
The Earth is off at an angle compared to the rest of the solar system by 23 and a half degrees. From 22 to 25 degrees, but 23 and a half degrees. The rest of the, the solar system's on a plane and we're skewed off. It's as simple as that. These are what the poles are. One pole is for the pole that goes through the Earth. And, you know, if you looked up to the North Pole and took a photo over a long time, you'll see all the stars make a circle because all the, all the planets are spinning around it. This is how the ancients saw it. They didn't know the Earth was off to one side and the whole solar system was as it should be. They thought it was the way around it. Of course you would. You're in the center of things, so you think you're in the center of things. Yeah. So the Earth is still, the Earth pole is still, and everything spins around it, and the, spin, the spinning pole itself is the pole of the, the zodiac. It is off to one side. And these are the two poles. Because of these two poles, the, the, the pole that's off by 22 and a half degrees it has like a spinning top effect to it and draws a circle in the sky over the top of the North Pole. And to do a full cycle of that extra spin, it takes 25,920 years. If we look at the image in the top left, there's a circle with a picture of Janus and Kibel in this Janus-like image. And they've got a key in one hand and a pole looking flirtily in the other. Above it, it says IHS, and I did this the other night just preparing this, IHS in Gematria. Gematria is a system where you substitute numbers for letters. I, if Phil would read that out, if you can see it, please. Uh, IHS equals 107. I equals 9. H equals eight, uh, 8. S equals 90. So 9 times 8 times 90 equals 64,080. That so 6,480. Oh, sorry, my, my fault. I am short-sighted. That's why I'm getting you to read it for me. Uh, 6,480 times four, the four seasons, is 25,920. IHS is uh, in Hoxignes or Jesus. Yep. Uh, another thing that's above people's heads in the Christian myths is that Inri, uh, Iex, um, Jesus, Nazarene, Rex... Judea, and that's equal to 138, uh, I equals 9, N equals 40. Yep, R equals 80, and I equals 9. 9 times 40 times 80 times 9 equals 25, 9, 200. This is an extra zero on the end. But it's always this processional stuff, and it's deep in all of the religions. That's why I gave Phil early on the title of the hidden religion. There's a hidden ancient religion at the bottom of all these religions. They call it the Prisca Theologia, and it's as above, so below. Why? Um, I'm just because there's various different um, uh, methods of using gematria. This yep. simple gematria, English gematria. Mm -hmm. So. I is nine, H is eight, that makes this sense. This is Hebrew. S is 90, so it's Hebraic. Yes, it's a Hebrew gematria. Gematria. Yeah, because right. it's Christian, so it just makes sense. They they are they fetishized Hebrew uh, until I realized, I found out recently from an excellent guy whose name slips my mind, um, who demonstrated to me that, and I've said it, but I had suspicions of it that the Septuagint is the original. It, basically, the Bible was written in Greek and not Hebrew. When you look at Hebrew, there just aren't enough words at the time 
to describe things adequately. And then you look at the Greek translations and it's like, oh, that, that word actually meant something complex. And you can see that it's a downwards translation into the Hebrew. So the Greek Whoa, well, think <laughs> Hebrew wasn't being spoken by anybody. It was pretty much a dead language. Right. It, it was so only speaking, spoke in the seminaries. Right, because they were they would have been speaking Aramaic and, and they'd have been speaking and Greek. Greek. So all right. I'll I'll just I'll, you, you, that was a quick glossing over. You think you're uh, not going if I'm <laughs> if, if I'm right, correct, if I understand, you're saying the Septuagint was earlier than the Hebraic Bible. Yeah. There's oh. like Okay. 10,000 words or something in, in Hebrew hey. at the time, and like 100,000 words in Greek. That's, uh, that's just a fair few connotations to that, doesn't it? Yes. And not nobody bothered talking about it. No, anyway. we'll I'm save that gonna, for another day. Yeah, there are other people more qualified to talk about that than me. Yeah. Oh, I'll look into it. Yes. I'm I, interested. I can certainly put you the way of some very yeah, I smart know. people. I want to know where, you, where Greek this information is. basically is, is my source on these things. Cool. Um Okay, I think I've wrapped that up quite quite nicely. Can we carry on? Yeah, please. Right, this is a crack at this. Uh, it's one of my favourite things that I've done this year. So this is a famous alchemical image called the Rebus. Uh, we'll note that it's got the seven planets on there, the holding the square and compass, and they've got a serpent underneath them, just like that Chinese image that we looked at before with Fusi and Niwa. Um, it is the shape of a cosmic egg around the outside. And if you squint... And look at it, you can see a skull there. You can see the two eye sockets of the skull in the negative space next to the... Can you see it? And like the sides of a grin. Yeah, I get, I, get the, yeah. I get the picture, yeah. And that's because alchemy's in your own head. Uh, then we've got the, the sacred androgyne doing the mushroom pose. And uh, that'll do for now. This is often reproduced <laughs> by people. Uh there's a lot going on in that so image. I could, honestly, I can decode this one just so quickly for you, but it's just going over the same stuff. you got a serpent, uh, a dragon. It, it's Draco. There's your seven planets around the outside. They're, they're doing the alchemical marriage. One's male and one female because normally they'd have, the male would have the square, the female would have the compass because the compass draws curves, feminine, and the masculine draws straight lines. Got you. Uh, underneath it, we've got four and three, which we've discussed previously and is, is exemplified by the tarot in, in that you've got four elements and three modes, fire, water, and earth, cardinal, fixed, and mutable. And the seven planets. You know, this is this is the, the system. It's all here. Wow. And and the secret fire that the, the, the dragon's breathing out. But there's something else there. There's actually a one and a two in that. If you look closely, I've blown up a section and there's a hidden one at the top and I've drawn a little red two next to a little hidden black two at right. the bottom of that. Can you see it just about? Kind of, yeah, I can see what you're highlighting. Yeah. It's just hard, it's hard to see. There's one at the opposite side as well. Right. Well, I noticed just below that one, there's a little gap as if they're saying, draw a line here, Ryan. And, and so I did. <laughs> And then when I drew a line, and I'm like, well, obviously it wants to be a triangle, this, because there's a two at the bottom. So I drew lines to the one and the two, and then I took the triangle and I measured it. We can see where I've measured the, it in blocks up at the t on that top right. Can you see that there? Yeah. So that's one, two, three, four across, and nine up as far as one of those right-angled triangles from within that larger triangle goes. So I flipped it over, 
and measured it all up. Oh, what's that angle? 23 and a half degrees? Yes, it is. It's that same pole axis angle. And this, this, I'm going to aim a comment at Justin Sledge of the Esoterica channel, who said, and was quite rude to me about it as well, this is a cool channel with loads of good information. A bit dry, mate, let's be honest. You're a bit dry. Uh, you were rude to me. Don't start a beef. Uh, I am starting it. And you... Uh, were rude to me and uh, under your own authority said that there's no esoterica in tarot well i say take this three four five triangle and this four by nine triangle turn them obtusely to each other and thank you there's no esoterica in the tarot in 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 the in alchemy oh wow it's a statement it's another thing that has to be taken rectally Yes. Oh, gosh, yeah. Sideways. The chat's gone really quiet. Is everyone still alive? <laughs> it's like people, uh, there's no way. Tired of me burping at them. No way. Uh, chat's coming in. But, uh, oh, I, I took that as 43. I didn't twig it was four and three. Yeah. Well, it's a four-sided thing and a, and a three-sided thing. Right. And, by the way, the, the, the units that make up me being able to measure that tri- those triangles are taken from the circle in the center. See that little circle in the center of the big circle? Got you. And I've yeah. put underneath in the bottom left-hand corner, I've put that circle equals one unit. And yes, that's, that's your key. That's my key. To work it out. Cool. Right. So I'm showing that in all these traditions, they're always using this angle to demonstrate the pole, this, this second pole, not the pole of the earth that everything spins around, but the second pole, which is the reason for the skew whiff of, of the zodiac and the reason why... The, the stars and, and sorry, the, the planets kind of go up and around in, in an arc and not just on a flat plane at the equator. Yeah. Next image, please. Sorry, I'm, like I said, I'm using brevity here. Right, this was so cool. I also worked this out while I was putting this together. We've previously discussed on previous episodes a lion, a bull, an eagle, and a man where we take the star signs of Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius, add them together, and we get all this uh, Sphinx stuff. Those are the animals that make up the Sphinx. So it's about time. We've, we've discussed this before. It's about time. The, the four car, there are four central points on the Zodiac. Yeah, create, create the, co- the composite creature. Yes. Which has been depicted across history in various yes. different tweak, tweaked forms. Right, and we, we can see in all these images with the green line on it that the ancients knew about this pole axis. They were obsessed with it. They stuck it everywhere. They stuck it in a particularly clever form. Oh, I'll, I'll just go over where these are from quickly. That's from Babylon, Sumeria. That's Shamash. Underneath that, we've got two similar uh, Oannes-type yeah. entities with the foreleg out. There's Osiris leaning forwards. There's uh, Aeon from Mithras, stuff uh then we've got uh, uh babylon sumeria sphinx we've got saturn below it and yeah. and all this stuff and you can see that weird trapezium shape in in that these sphinx characters where they got the legs splayed out well i discovered exactly how they derived that when i was putting this presentation together the top right image is from the vatican it's the, the piazza at the front oh wow and it's clear when you look at it, knowing Esoterica, it's clearly a calendar, and it's clearly what is a vesica piscus, which is two circles put together, and it's the foundation of all this esoteric geometry. 
Right. Now, I realised when I took the Vesica Piscus from that piazza at the Vatican, it was actually not just the two circles together. It had a third circle kind of making, joining the two together in like an ovule shape, making the overall shape between the two circles. And when I drew a line through the center of that, the circle on the right, the angle between the top of that central oval and, and the circle on the left was 23 and a half degrees. And in the right of that, we can see a three, four, five triangle. So I've got, this 23 and a half degrees four by nine triangle. And I've got a Pythagorean three, four, five triangle loved by the Masons mm. in the same image. And I've gone ping. That's where we get this yod hey vav hey Jehovah trapezium from. It's called the yod hey vav hey Jehovah trapezium because like with the Gematria, yod hey vav hey yod equals 10 then five, then six, then five. We put those things together and we get the measurements for this trapezium, which are made of those two exact same things, this 23 and a half degrees angle triangle and a Pythagorean three, four, five triangle. Add two together, you get this special trapezium that they encoded into Babylonian stuff. It's nuts, in it? But unfortunately, we can't dwell on how nuts it is because we need to crack on. Procession. We've talked about this wobble. It's called precession. The, the, the effect of this second pole spinning very slowly over 25,920 years makes the star sign that comes up over the horizon at spring change. Normally the zodiac signs would go like Aries, Taurus, Gemini. But because of this, every 25,920 years, it goes back one. So it would be Gemini, Taurus. Well, every 2,000... Oh, whatever I said then. Sorry. 160 years, it goes back a sign. Yeah, back it? a sign, yeah, 2160. Hence, age of Aquarius, age of Pisces. Age of, age exactly of that. Phil, Phil loves his stuff. <laughs> so, so big deal. So we got 25,920, and a month is 2160. Well, a day is 72. And you'll know 72 from biblical stuff, 72 names of God and stuff like that. It comes up all over the place. And then when you look at these numbers, you're like, I've seen all these numbers in, in, in text before. You get like 108, 2160, 432. And you're like, these are all musical correspondences. And it turns out, if you work out like the day, what's a day, what's a week, what's a month, what's half a year, you know, what, what's a season. Or minutes, or minutes, minutes in seconds day. even, yeah. So base all, 60, is, 6 is the key. Yeah, there are all these sacred, sacred numbers. Simple. Next image, please. Again, if you want to understand this stuff a, a little better, go to previous podcasts. Uh, so from these numbers that you can see in the left columns there, we've got one, I remember Phil Love last time, these are all these sacred numbers, 24 hours a day, 60 a minute, 1440 a day, 1440 minutes a day, 60 seconds a minute, 3600 seconds an hour, 86400 seconds a day. You know what I really love about them all? If you take the individual digits, they always, always, always add up to multiples of nine. Yep, every single time. And I can explain why. 
but you better have listened to previous the podcasts. The magic numbers, by yeah. the way, not seconds in a day. So four, four, three, two. Four, three, and two is nine. Yeah. Um, 1080 is another magic number. One and eight is nine. Yeah. Uh, the big one, 25,920. Yeah. You'll add all those digits up, it'll be a multiple of nine. Come to nine. So what's so special about that? Well, we've already said that Plato, a Greek philosopher, and Pythagoras, his teacher, and, and a full lineage that goes through Persia and comes through... Oh, it's very complex. But this is the, the information of the ancient, ancient, ancients. And so we've talked about going up the pole and doing the mystic thing, going beyond time and coming back. Now, what happens if you actually pay attention to time when we get these numbers? So what? Big deal. Well, Plato came up with these platonic forms, which are the simplest three-dimensional shapes that will fit into a circle, a, a sphere, and the corners will touch the sides. There's only five of them. There they are, the five platonic solids. And you'll see under each of them, A, there's a sign and element. That's, that's suspicious, isn't it? And B, the internal angles are all these magic numbers that we're talking about. And as Phil said, it goes into how many blinks today, uh, how many blinks a day you have, uh, how many breaths a day. It, it's, it's Heartbeats. Heart, everything. You, you wouldn't believe. Obviously, averages. Yeah. Aver you know, we're talking, again, it's platonic. We're talking about platonic forms, yeah, ideals. the ideals yeah. of what is possible. Yeah. Obviously, we're all individuals. We have range. There's a range. Mm -hmm. But Plato was talking about the, the thought forms. Yes. Where archetypes come from, the design, if you yeah. like. The, these numbers aren't taken from Plato, by the way. These no. numbers are taken at the bottom, the, the breaths and A and all that stuff. That's taken from modern science. I've not, I've not nicked it from mystics. Right. Um, I know we're skipping through this quickly, guys, but this is, you know, this is the nature of this cast tonight. Forward. Next one, please. Yes, thank you. So what happens when you mix these numbers and these triangles. First of all, I'd like to point out that the Egyptian headdress of Ra is four by nine, the same four by nine as this angled triangle, triangle is. Yeah. Okay. So um, what happens? So let's dismiss the four by nine for now and just go for the three, four, five triangle. If we look to the left, we can see an Egyptian version of that triangle where Isis in blue and Osiris in red show us two of those sides. And I remember from school, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. The A squared and the B squared are the red and the blue. The squared just means that if you were to extend that line on the triangle into a square, how much, are, how many would there be, etc. So, we get two sets of numbers from these harmonic pole numbers. And when you add them into the triangle, amazing things happen. They start repeating themselves. Uh, if you look at any line of those numbers there, we can see the A line from the red from the red square, the B line from the blue square, the C line is the hypotenuse, which which is the white square. If you look down those lines, you'll you'll notice. I don't want to go into it too much, but like if we go. Uh, the line that begins 27, 108, 144, these are all super harmonic numbers. One, uh, 180, like 108. All these numbers line up to nine, like Pete's, uh, Phil says. And then we got 432 in the center. That's the most famous one of these numbers because we often talk about tuning to 432 hertz 
for a, a, a middle C, which is actually Pythagorean tuning. That's what it's called. Now, if we look on the bottom left, one of the special things about the 345 triangle is, is that in ratio to each other, these sides, the smallest side is worth one. The second side, the, the, the side on the left there is the square root of phi. Phi ratio is the golden ratio, if you've heard of that. And then the other one is phi itself. The hypotenuse is yeah. the golden mean. So already we've got these special cosmic harmonic things in there. The next one is we see two triangles. One's the same shape as the pyramid, and that's a three, four, five triangle that I've cut out in red. And then the other four by nine triangle, which is like the axis of the earth, is also in there. So I'm going, well, you know, these two shapes are in a seven-sided shape that, like, um, you know, a, a, a pentagram is a pentagon with all the the lines imploded yeah. and joined together. Well, this is just a seven-sided shape with all the lines imploded. Yeah. I think you could, you might be able to div divine a, a neogram, a Gurdjieff a neogram, neogram out kind of, of there thing. as well. Yeah. Well, it would have to be seven-sided, but yes. Yeah. Well, that would be nine, would it? And a ne a neogram, neogram, yeah. Any yeah. ad, nine, yes. Yeah. Happy? Yep. Okay, now we're talking about having this stuff in the tarot because that was the whole point, is the, you know, is this stuff in the tarot. Well, the the magician's one there from the very first card in, in the earliest deck, his wand is at 23 and a half degrees. The card itself is made up of four, three, four, five triangles. Job done. I mean, literally, there you go. There's right, the well, mysteries right there. Hang on Ah, right. So how are you deriving? I can't see. So I'm getting the end of his wand. You've taken a line across from the end of the wand. Well, no, 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 the top of the see, wand. If you see, oh, you mean why I've drawn those triangles? The, yeah, in there? the middle image. Yeah. It's, it's, it's frankly well known that the tarot is made up of four, three, four, five triangles. So I've not bothered making it, anything. I just stuck it in. Oh, I'm get because I mean compared to your standard playing deck, they're longer, aren't they? Yes. They're a specific shape. Yeah. On so that. Is, so your your actual physical. Because we've been talking about all the images and the symbol, but the yeah, actual yeah. physical size of the tarot of card, the tarot card is derived by three, four, five triangles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuckers, aren't they? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and for me, trying to prove this point, that does most of it, plus that 23 and a half degrees in his wonder. Right, I'm trying to think, you know, is there a practical reason for them making them to derive them from, from triangles like that? Why wouldn't you make them just square? Why wouldn't you make them square? Is there a palm side? Is it, hey, maybe there's hey, something in this. You've got a deck here. Yeah. You've got a deck here. Right. Feel how awkward they are <laughs> to handle. Well, that's the point. I was going to say maybe there was an ergonomic reason. No. Look, we're big. You know, 21st century guys. They would have been smaller. They would have been smaller than me. Yeah. Yes, they're, a, they're weird, aren't they? Yes. Well, they're that size because of that reason. Right. I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Sorry. For my own amusement. And I think that's a swift enough point to move on. Okay. Now, what happens when you add the triangles to the triangles and the numbers to the triangles and everything works itself out? Well, you get the size of the Earth and the size of the Moon. We said 2160 is a number before. Well, that's the size of the Moon in miles. We said 7920 before as well. Well, that's the size of the Earth in miles. 
if you added the first four of those platonic solids for fire, water, air, and earth together... Is that the internal angles of those solids? Of those solids, right. you get 7920, which is the size of the earth. In miles. In miles. And again, we're talking about an, a platonic ideal, not if you go out and take a measure, uh, a tape measure. You know, the earth will vary, one it, yes. in size, and it, geologics and all the rest, it will probably expand and contract little bits and whatnot, and but, isostatic depression yeah, and yeah. everything else. But, but ask any scientist. In, in an ideal world... He would go, yes. Not even, seven, a, you know, a, fur, a fur-handed scientist. If you said, oh, there's the, the earth's seven, nine, 20 miles around, he'd go, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes, it is. Okay. This was originally drawn by a chap called, um, I forget his fellow, John, John, John Michel, an English fella from somewhere near Glastonbury, as I remember. He famously read, there's a great book, uh, new, vision, uh, new View of Atlantis, he wrote, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. I, I've, I, I have stayed away from his work. Not the, not the piano play. The piano yeah, John Michel Jarre. You've stayed away from his work. I, st- I, I stay away from, if I find a person that's onto the same stuff as me, I stay away from the work and I'm going to keep on doing that until I finish the book. Right, fair enough. Because then I've figured it out for myself, not been, you know, not gotten anything from anywhere else. Or, you yeah. know, this is for me, this really. So I'll read them at the end. And another one I've, ne- I've never read that I should have done was uh, Carl Rook, who he brought a book called uh, The Mushrooms That Civilized Europe. Right. The Mithras cult he's talking about. You know, I've not read that either. And I need to, really. I can't wait. But anyway, do you get all this stuff, including the size of the Earth, the size of the Moon, the, the, the speed of Jupiter's orbit, how many cycles they go through in a day? It's nuts. The size of the Sun. I can do pages and I, I could do four-hour podcasts just on those sizes. We've Easy. done it. Already done it. I'm sure we've that was already 12 done it. hours or something. Yeah. Right, so next one. Right, so we've got this seven-sided shape. That seven-sided shape, if you put it over the pyramid, don't ask me why I did that, but I did. So <laughs> uh, if you put it over the pyramid, you'll find that it fits, especially if you take that seven-sided shape, because because it's an odd number, the the shape that you get from it is odd. You can see there's a, there's a point at the top of it and not at the bottom. So to even that out, we'd, we'd, we'd take that seven-sided shape, we'd turn it 180 degrees, and we get a 14-sided shape. Simple. We'll put one over the other, and then suddenly all the passages, all the paths, bar two, in that great pyramid are accounted for. All of them. All of them. Every line, every feature, every angle, all accounted for. That's wonderful. Amazing, in fact. But we're going to go to the next image. Right. So not only is it on the pyramid, and you can have a good look at that at home if you want to, but you'll see if you just follow the outline of all the shapes in the pyramid, you'll see there's a little green line that follows along with it. Like that main shaft there that goes up, the main shaft that goes down, where they are all situated, what line they're on, even the ground level. The sides of the pyramid, you'll see, follow the sides of the shape. It's there. One other interesting thing about this this shape is that there's an ancient uh, riddle called the squaring of the circle, where you're supposed to draw a square and a circle of the same circumference, the same perimeter. You can't actually do it because pi, 
the, the nature of the circle's transcendence. It's an irrational number. Yeah, it's an irrational number. But you can get near as damn it with whole numbers. You do that by drawing a square of 11 and 11, and then it goes seven up. And you'll know that the Great Pyramid is seven, a ratio of seven to 11. So 11 across and seven up. Which is pi. Which is seven over 11. Seven over 11. So, uh, well, the, the tarot also contains pi because you, you, you get 22 over seven. Which but Anyway, so you'll see there Stonehenge on the right. Now, if you follow the circle on the outside, the circle of, of stones follows the circle. There's an inner circle and everything follows. The angle of, of the lines inside, the, the angle of the stones. It's the same effing pattern. It's amazing. It's mind-blowing. I don't know why nobody knows it. I don't get it. I've been, I've been on about this for about three years now. But nobody gets it. But it's there. Study that to your heart's content. We're not talking about the pyramids or trying to prove anything about the pyramids today. We're trying to prove it about the tarot. Now, if I would show you that this pattern's in the tarot, it would be pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Let's go on to the next one. There's the pattern. Two features in that pattern that are pretty cool is that one triangle there, which is the if, if you actually look at the pattern, that green bit in the middle, you'll see there's like a yellow triangle that stands out more. That's the triangle on the left, which is the same shape as the Great Pyramid. Right. There's another pattern in, uh, there's another triangle in there that's not quite so easily visible, and that's the one on the right. And people affiliated with alchemy might realize that's the, the geometrical philosopher's stone. That's fun. Next image, please. <laughs> There's the rebus over this pattern. If we look at the actual word rebus in the center of the rebus, we'll see that there's seven lines that come off and touch the planets, the black, deep black lines of, oh, traced by green lines. The sides of his skirt there are traced by green lines. Everything on there is drawn according to this seven-shaped pattern. You know, seven planets, the seven, seven-sided pattern. Although it's 14-sided, we've said why, just because we need to balance that unequal shape out. You can see, like, um, the bottom of the, the rebus sign is lined up. Every, believe me, everything's lined up in there. You can have a good look at it later. Next image, please. We're getting there now. The Masons know this stuff as well. There's something called the Masonic Keystone. And if you just look straight away on the right with the pattern, those little dotted white lines follow exactly with my purple lines. It's they knew they knew about this. Some people still know about this. They just don't talk about it. I've never, although not many people know about it, because every Mason I've met that I've spoken to about it, nobody has a clue. But that is a symbol for that pattern. Also within that Masonic Keystone symbol, if you break it all down, it basically turns back into that. Yodhe Vavhe, trapezium. trapezium yeah. And if you want to know where I got the cut from on, on the turquoise triangle, all I did was take off that unequilateral triangle and then turn it into a right angle triangle. And the place where that line on the left went vertical, I just cut it off there, you know, to make it into a right angle triangle. Done. There you yeah. go. Is this where they... Are we going to go back to the pins and the string? Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. You see it coming. You see it coming. Next, please. Next. Uh, here is a Masonic tracing board, and they've used it in a slightly different way. They've taken the pattern on the left. It's not easy to see. And on the right, everywhere where those lines cross, 
they've drawn a line and used that for the structure of everything. So it's a, a bit more nuanced, a bit more hidden. I quite, I quite like it. But if you take your time and study the image on the left, you'll see that it all beautifully lines up despite that, despite having the lines hidden. Something I've never noticed before was on the two pillars, and it's on this image and the previous Masonic pillars image, uh, Jachin and Boaz. One has an arrow pointing up and one an arrow pointing down. Ah. It's always the old I think that is alchemical it, accent, yeah, isn't it? As above, so below. And the masculine and feminine. Fuck me. So we're going we're gonna to keep jumping. Right, so this is, it looks like the ancient <laughs> handbag, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's, that's 2500 BC. Very old. That's from Jeroft in uh, near Iran. And that's that same shape. And in fact, if you look in the top right, I've taken that handbag looking, it's a weight. It's for weights and measures. It's a weight for a cereal or something. And I've placed one over the other and they line up perfectly. And then when I placed the pattern over it and, and drew the lines down, every single line on that handbag-looking weight is from the pattern. But there are 4,500 years between the drawing of the Masonic tracing board and that Giroft handbag. That's mad. Mm. Yeah. Next image, please. Uh, if you want to dwell on this, please, peeps, please. Yeah, pa- pause it. What's this? It's Gebekli Tepe, the <laughs> oldest site in the world. With his handbags. With his handbag shapes. So when I put it over the top, the, the it's just the horizontal lines on this one alone. You could ignore all the vertical and diagonal lines. Just the horizontal lines all match up, give all the measures. That's the famous vulture pillar there. Yes, it is. And if you look on the pillar on the right, not only is the, the hat, because these images, these... It's fractal. I'm not going to go into it now, but that pattern is fractal. And so if you zoomed out, if you zoomed in, it'll all line up with itself. So it might make the handbag, but if you look at the pillar itself, you'll see that every time you get a, a horizontal line breaking up the structure of the pillar, you get a horizontal line on the pattern breaking up the structure of the pillar. It says pillar 42 as well. Hmm. It's meaning of it. life, Yeah. <laughs> I need to check that. You pillar can. 42. Is it pillar 42? It is, yeah. I thought it was pillar 43 in the enclosure D. That, that rhyme just stuck with me. But yeah. oh, no, I'm probably wrong. I'm definitely wrong. Well, I've not remembered it, so I've copied it down from something. Right, on to the next. Yeah. It's the old magician again. So there's tomorrow. a magician. You can see you can see that. I mean, look at look at his, his wand. Yeah, why it, pick that angle? Yeah. Is that the 23 and a half degree angle, by yeah. the way? Uh, near enough, near enough. Uh, actually, we'll see in a moment. The, he also lines up with some stars. That's when we're going to bring it back to Mithras. But we're getting so close to the end now. Okay. Uh, so we can see that he's been drawn with that. W- would you agree? You can see the two lines down his his, his front now. Cut him off. You know his head, the 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 arm, the everything is is that. As an artist, that would be more than sufficient to draw that image. Right, yeah. yeah. And again, your tracing boards, you, you put, you, yeah, get you. Yeah. I'm getting you. Yeah, so next image. So back Boom. to the, the pins in the thing. So now we know why those these pins are in the place they are. We can draw our lines down and etch out this card. So if you go on to the next one, those are the, look how close they are. And I mean, you could say, oh, you could, you know, you can place a line anywhere right now. Well, you can't. Those are very specific angles with wide gaps between them. 
you couldn't get this close if it was just any, you know, any old, you couldn't do it, basically, you couldn't do it. And if you think you can do it, go and do it, because you can't. I, I, I saw P.D. Newman uh, nicely sent me some uh, images from a book of a guy that had seen something similar, but he thought it was based on six, like a hexagon. Right. In, in, rather than a septagon. And you can see it's the, the loads are closest. You know, the, the, you're so close there, mate. But none of them line up. That, you know, they're all a distance off. Whereas this is just... It's, <coughs> so we're saying that, that the location of these pins and how they're derived is, is, is derived from the main pattern. That pattern, yeah. I'm imagining doing it with pins. The reason why I'm saying pins and string is it's medieval times. And in those Visconti cards, if we if we go forward one or two or three, uh, well, can you see in the one on the left? There's a hole in the top of the card. All oh, right, and like a all like mark. That. Yeah, they were saying because they must have hung it up. I'm like, that's really nice paintings. You're not going to do that. And the, the the more the more I look later, it seems like it might be the place where they put the initial. Kind of pinning it to start doing it all. If it is pins, it might the be the place a... where they nailed the serpent at the top to of start, the card. Yeah, to put it through the. Oh shit, Phil! That's going to keep me up tonight. That statement. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tell you what, I, I'm G one. I'm G blowing your mind. Flipping heck! Oh, for once. <laughs> and I'm appreciative. Nail the head of the uh, serpent card. Right. So. um... I know it looks complex, but I hope I've changed your minds a little to look for these things now. You don't need to look at the pattern. You look at the underlying image, and like, say, if we've got the, the fool on the left here, they're all, these are all fool cards from different right, yeah. years. So uh, what his, his left arm is, you know, the arm on the right. You just, look, you just follow the contours of his body, and you'll see that everything is dictated by these lines. Precisely. Not a millimetre away, not, you know, if it's a curved line, of course, it's going to dip in or, or dip, dip out or dip below. That's mm. the nature of a curve. But every single gesture is dictated by those lines. The, the fool in the middle, we can just follow the line of his bum there with his skirt on. You can look at his chin. You look at his arms stretching out. You can look at the angle of his stick that he's holding in, in his right hand. Yeah, it's it's the 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 line the the line on the pattern literally runs parallel. And honestly, honestly if if I was looking at that middle card without the lines, without the pattern on it, it would look unnatural. It does look unnatural. It looks unnatural. It looks deliberate. Yeah. Again, yeah. this is Alistair Crawley's card on the right, just showing that the tradition with those that knew the tradition was carried on. Did he know? What? Did he know? Or was he just borrowing Crawley when he did his deck? Uh, well, you must know something for for this. I I I think people underestimate Crowley too much, to be honest. They, they, okay, he's an easy figure to take the piss out of because he's a pop culture figure as well. Yeah, but and he was a twat. Yeah, but by all accounts, most of the stuff he was doing wouldn't be seen as twatish these days, though, would it? Most no. of the things. I'm, I'm not. I, I, probably, I don't think he's a good get, person. He'd, he'd probably get his own reality show. Yeah, he probably would. I don't think he's a good person. I don't particularly like him as a person, but I've gotten lots of information from him that that's once you bloody decode the fucking thing because he's a pen in the ass with that. Uh, yeah. But there you go. You can see it's pretty clear on that Crawley one on the right that that's been drawn with that. 
and and again, I think what they're doing is, yeah, all these things fit, and then they'll they'll shift it a little bit, and then draw the rest of the things. So if, if you can see that he is obviously drawn with that image, a few of the things around there are slightly out. But if I just took that pattern and then shifted it down a bit, I'm guessing would these have been drawn larger and then scaled down? Do you think? I think for the wood blocks. So, so for Crawley's card, yes, you do them on big sheets. Right. For the guy, this dude in the middle, I'm not sure. Mm. For for the Visconti on the left, it was just hand painted. Um, probably not, just for the amount of time it would take first. But if you know the pattern, it's gonna. You just draw what what if it were me, I'd like. Oh, this is how I did it when I did my tarot. Draw an image, kind of what I want. Slam it under the pattern. Redraw it with the pattern. You know, this line's close right. enough. This line close enough. Now I've got my I've got my image to the pattern. That's how I would do it. So you incorporated it into your own tarot deck. Yes, I did. Yes. Wow. Nice one. Uh, wow. If we go on to the next image, please. Uh, we can see his table's drawn with it. You know, again, it's just another way of breaking it down. This, I didn't realize how hard it'd be to see, to be honest, but I've done so many in a week, it's killed me. Uh, again, this is the Visconti deck, and it, it's it's drawn with this same pattern. You know, every the, the limit and angle of everything is dictated by these lines. Yeah. Uh, next one, please. Uh, there's the, the lover's card that we've seen before there's I've black and whited the hermit a bit just for anyone to, to trace all the lines a bit of contrast yeah. yeah you can look at uh, you know because the circles on there and stuff like that you can see the rim of his hat is dictated by his circle uh, the actual shape of his hat the conical shape at the top is dictated by the lines his belt is a line his hand the, the length the, of his ear yeah the, the, <laughs> the shape of his face look at the timepiece you know the, 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 the hourglass is literally within an hourglass shape that's an X shape defining the the, the timepiece. Fab. It's 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 undeniable. Look at that. There's an X on it. There's an X on it. The two trumpets crossing make form an X. My pattern's got a fucking X. Everything. Even God's eyes in the middle. You'll notice on a lot of them, one of the characters is shifted off to one side, and it's wow. usually the central character. It's so they can get one eye in the middle. Yeah, one eye. Osiris, Odin. Well, famous for having, sorry, Horus and mm. Odin, famous for being one-eyed gods. Because one eye points out and one eye points in. That's fantastic. Uh, there's the world card, the final card in this in this deck. Again, it's, it's turned out a little dark compared to what I was doing. <coughs> but if you look at the one at the top right, that would be New Jerusalem or, you know, the, 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 the heaven, you know. As defined in the, in the book of Revelation. Yep. Right. This is uh, thingy, the guy, what's his name again? Jean-Michel Jarre. John, John <laughs> Jean-Michel. Michel. Jean-Michel called his book that he put this in, the New Jerusalem. He called this the New Jerusalem pattern. I think it's the Philosopher's Stone or something like that, yeah. but um, ge- geometrically. But you can see that that castle there, the, the heavenly castles, defined by <coughs> what looks the like pattern. a hexag- hexagonal shape, you know, a stretched out hexagon. And it's the same with the kids at the bottom. I, th- I think I've done enough to prove that this pattern is in those cards. If we go on to the next one. Right. So here's the, the very final section, and I'm going to compare all this to Mithraism. These are the right away famous modernish deck. So I can explain. 
the Mithras liturgy. The Mithras liturgy, you've gone up. Okay, so the Mithras liturgy is in something called the Greco Papyri Magica, which is a, a collection of old magical texts. In there is what's called a liturgy, which is almost like a. Sorry, dating from when? Is it Roman times or is yeah. it. Yeah, right well, from... it's, it's difficult to tell because they're not going to write the dates on there. Uh, and it's a collection. Yes, Roman times, but right. that's as specific as I can get with you. That's fine. Probably from Egypt. It's probably gone all the way over to Egypt and, and written by an Egyptian priest. Okay. Right. Uh, in this liturgy is a, a poetic version of a trip. Do you know what I mean by a trip? During that trip, he goes through several stages that correlate to these cards in the tarot. Talks about becoming a star. We talked about just drawing down the stars before, or, or the stars coming down here to put the power there, or indeed us becoming a star and going up. We all know what it means, a star. You know, he's a star, he's, she's a star. You, you're kind of rising above everything. You're, you're the cream of the crop. You rise to the top, <laughs> etc. <laughs> I thought Phil was going to carry no, on. No, I'm not, I'm spit, I'm not spitting tonight. Do it, do it. I'm not spitting any. So uh, a lot of that's to do with cleanliness and stuff like that to turn into a star, and that's the nature of the star card. You kind of clean yourself off and it becomes a portal. Is it Aquarius as well? It's Aquarius, water yeah. Water bearer. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. The water bearer is really the drug dealer or the, the, the antidote carrier um, or a priestess that's going to clean you off. And, and the star person's normally a lot more hermaphroditic than that. So... At one point in the Mithras liturgy, they become a star and go off into the stars. They go through, uh, they, <clears throat> they interact with the moon. They interact with the sun. They look at the sun and to get the portal to rise, they, they stare at the sun. And it says in the liturgy, when you stare at the sun, a funnel will come out of the sun. It seems weird. Young's talked about this. It didn't make much sense to me. But a funnel will come out of the sun. And you're going to go up that funnel and go to the, the back of the sun, basically, like go through the sun. Got that judgment card there with the angel with the funnel coming out at the front. <laughs> then it moves on and it, it, it's saying that um, you, you meet a higher end, but we've already gone through the moon and the sun and we've gone up the poles. They, they meet the seven pole lords and the seven pole ladies. And then you go beyond that, and then you come into the realm of, of Sol and Mithras, which are presented very much like being the sun and the moon. And they're also presented as being drugs. One of them's golden with brown trousers or gold trousers, and the other one's white, wearing white and red, you know, like the Amanita muscaria mushroom. So you go through the experience... You go to the Platonic realm, you ask Mithras to give you some prophecy, and then you come back again, right? You go through the line of the bull, the eagle, the man, and all that stuff, and then you come back, reborn, through Sophia. That's Sophia there on the really? right, Wis Hold wisdom. holding two poles. <laughs> <laughs> You've come back with some wisdom. Yes. Never. She's holding two poles. She's got that snake wrapped around her. And that laurel, we often see people crowned with a laurel wreath. Do you know what happens if you chew laurel? 
Imagine you get high. Yeah. Off your... She took her clothes off. <laughs> she took her clothes off in the middle of the sky. Who does that unless they're on Laurel? <laughs> and around then we got the lion, the bull, the eagle, and the man, which is very, very, very interesting if you look into that. But if you're looking at a previous episode, that's, you can check that out. That sun image is kind of freaking me out uh, with the... Um, the little boy. No, the actual sun in the sun image. It's like the black sun. It the the yeah. interpolation in, interpolation yeah. between straight lines and wiggly lines which would be the a certain path yeah and then the wiggly lines which we see represented in satanism yeah satan satan yeah well, you could call it satanism now because satan black sun yeah. black hole sun anybody any, yeah any uh sound garden fans in yeah that's the sun behind the sun that powers this sun it's it's the really the black sun is eros it, it's the it's the source of power from a psychological standpoint. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the light that lights your dreams, that kind of an idea. Uh, next one, please, if there is any. Right, well, this is the very last thing, right? It's cool. There's, we've got three images just to go over this, and this is really triple cool. I wanted to go over this a previous time, but we couldn't see it. But we can now. Right, so we've had these two poles. We've said there's the pole of the Earth, and then there's the pole of the rest of the cosmos, which is skewed off, and that's the one we've been interested in. No, we know where the pole of the Earth points. It points to the pole star. But where does this other pole point to? Surely that would have a pole star as well. It does. It's in Draco. Like the, the actual pole, because they're not too, they're only 23 and a half degrees off if you're looking up. So mm -hmm. they're not that far off each other. The, the, the actual pole star for the Earth is in Ursa Minor. So it's on the, the, the end of the handle of Ursa Minor. Which is like there's a big plow and a little plow, Ursa Major, Ursa Minor. Around that wraps Draco. And if you look at most images of Draco from medieval, medieval times, it looks like an S. And they'll put like one plow there, one bear there, and then another bear there, or something like that. And it's showing you that the Draco's got the two poles wrapped in its coils. And I'm like, okay, this is getting interesting now. And then I remembered that, okay, so. Forget that when I was saying I remembered. I'll remember that in a second. But a, a chap called Reza Asasi had seen this second pole in, when he was studying Mithras, the cult of Mithras from Rome. And he looked at this area and he said, well, the only discernible asterism in, in that area we can see in the central panel is this kind of swastika-looking thing which I filled out on the right. And when you look there... Sure enough, yeah, that's the only real thing that sticks out, this pretty much swastika-looking thing. Now, we know the original swastika, conventionally, is the plow spinning around the pole. Well, here's another pole thing, so it would make sense that we get a second swastika. In fact, one that is in the opposite direction, which we also see in the east. If we go to the next image, if we take that asterism and lay any uh, tauroctony over it, the tauroctony is the main image of Mithras slaying a bull. If Pete, uh, Pete I keep calling you Pete tonight. Oh, I don't even know any Pete. It's got Pete Tong. It's all going a bit. If you come a bit closer, you can see. Can you see where there are two glowing eyes kind of a thing? Can, is there any chance you could turn those lights off just so you can have a look? The, 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 that didn't, that didn't the work. ring lights. I can't do it for me. Can you no. do it for me. Yeah. I can see what in the dark square. It, so, yeah, in this darker square, I, I'll, I'll get up and... and I'll... We need a pointer. Would you like to use... 
one of these. Oh. Right, I'll I'm going to just give, talk to I'll Phil given, for two seconds I'll and give, I'll shout to everybody else. I've given Ryan a truncheon with a Star of David atop it for him to signal right. what he's pointing at. There's one eye there, another eye Oh, there. right, like cat's eyes there yeah. in the middle, yeah. This is the back of Mick Blast. Here's his cape. The bull's here. The bull's oh, my gosh, there. I can see the end of his cape. Can you see it? Can yeah. You see? He's his shoulder. Yes. There's his hand reaching out, stabbing the bull. The bull's That's, eye is where that orange star is there. The bull is underneath. That's right in the middle of the yeah, image, yeah. near enough. At home, they'll be able to see it. Yes, if you were uh, watching this in a dark room, you'll be able to see the famous Taurotony image, which is ubiquitous. It's always yeah, the same always image there, yeah. represented. I can see it now. Now yeah, that yeah. you pointed out those references, yeah, I can yeah. see the horns of the bull and everything. Yeah, so... Mithras this frigging cap. Yeah. So if you go to the next image... Those are magician cards. The first card from three different decks. The one on the right is Alistair Crowley's magician. Then we've got the Visconti magician. I've put them in negative so we can see them more easily. And one from the right, I think that's Deste, something like that. Um, and those stars dictate the main shapes of the image. Those same two stars every time. Uh, well, not just the two, but can you see where... No, I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah, your reference that's point. That's my reference, yeah. Sorry. Can, you, can everybody hear me? Yeah, so... Your reference so that, point is those cat's eyes. So... What constellation are they in? The, it's a hidden... It's like... Uh, the, it's the... I hadn't, I, hadn't, I hadn't no idea. I've been studying tarot for years. You know, it's these are discoveries. They're not... It's not like I've read it in a book or anything. Most of this podcast is my own discoveries you know spend five minutes five minutes god spend 60 seconds with those and see how well they line up um the tarot is not a game (laughs) the tarot is not only a game the tarot contains the mysteries of the ancients I just want to check what what do those are in the Tauroctony? What mm-hmm. do those two eyes represent? Because it's not Mithras's eyes, is it? Yeah, those are the eyes of Mithras. He's is it? Over his shoulder, it yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, he's looking up right. It looked I mean, too can high. you zoom in? You might be able to see if you zoom in. It looked too high. I might be able to. Oh, I don't. I don't want to fuck with it. I okay. don't want to fuck with yeah, it. Yeah, no I'll look tomorrow. I'll look tomorrow. I believe that's the last slide. Can, can we just check if there's one more? We're back to the beginning. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's pretty wild. That, like, yeah. You've Dick. given me a lot to think about, that's for certain. Mm. Ryan? Um, what I would like to say, as, as far as the type of evidence I've used, obviously there aren't many first-hand sources. You're not going to get any for the mystery traditions, not really. Not many people profaned the mysteries. However, I believe that... Are you listening? <laughs> I believe that I've, th- I've shown through as close, close a methodology as I could by geometry and mathematics, the majority of my proofs. The only ones that don't fit into that category are the mushroom things, because obviously that, that depends on our interpretation to some extent. Mm. But I don't think it takes much t- interpretation to say that those two mushrooms on the hermit's hat are indeed Amanita muscaria. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to say, really. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to watch this back several times, I think, to soak it all in. But, yeah, it's very interesting. We, we got there. We got through 44 slides then. 
Thanks, Ryan. Thanks oh, for man. coming. I tell you what, I've worked hard on that all week. I can tell, uh, we appreciate it. Mm. Appreciate you putting the, the time in, the effort in. Uh, I just like coming and talking to you a lot. Yeah. Maybe, can we do, at some point, can we do a podcast without slides? I'd love to like just... Like a Q&A type I thing think, or something? Yeah, I totally would love to do I'd, I'd do, like let's to Let's do, do it soon. Yeah, no, I'd love to just have, have one Next where... week. <laughs> <laughs> We're booked up to lots. Middle of October. <laughs> I'm not joking. No, I believe it. No, just get uh, get me when you can, and we'll come Christmas, and have a Christmas a few, special. A few too many. Yeah, I think will be fun as well. Yeah, Saturday well, night special. Saturday night junior special. Yeah, chicken special. Mm. Right, we're gonna wrap up with um, we, we we shall be back very soon for some very swift news. There are some things that cannot wait till next week. We need to do them. Right, okay. I'm afraid, Matt. So, Matt, I'm afraid. What time do you start work tomorrow? You're late start tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, but it's my turn yeah. to get up, so I have to go up at seven. Oh, oh no. well, same here. Gosh, what's new? I'll be up right. at seven. Oh, you asked. Still up. Uh, <laughs> show notes. Check out Ryan's channel on YouTube. And um, if you want more of this sort of information, we've done hours of it of, in greater depth, less pushed for time. Uh, appreciate your, I appreciate your brevity, Ryan. That was a good word, that isn't it? And, and was the modus operandi for the entire thing. Yeah, it was great. Just a shade over two hours. Was it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for hanging around. <laughs> right, <laughs> stand by, uh, you lot out there. We'll be back very shortly for part two. Yeah. Bye. 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 Right, then we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the giant fucking lenses. That was our chat with Ryan Seven. Our chat, our our deconstruction. <laughs> I feel like I've been deconstructed in my brain of the universe. Yeah. Um, Helen posited a question in the chat saying, uh, "I'd like to know how much of Matt absorbed of that um, presentation." Um, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot. It was some. There was some pretty advanced stuff in there that requires certain amount of prior knowledge i would say or prior research yeah i also liked uh, how you blew his mind with likening the uh thread to the serpent yeah where they used to pin the card up before they or the starting point i was nailing yeah the take that ryan <laughs> yeah okay as above so below <laughs> can i be above <laughs> no no bollocks no Right then, we better, uh, yeah, well, that was Ryan Seven, if you're just tuning in, go back to uh, part one, episode 292, and uh, feast your eyes on on, on that wild shit, and I'm sure we'll see (laughs) Ryan again. Not very soon, unfortunately, because we're that booked up. Yeah, we are booked up. I like that idea of having like more of a freestyle. A free-for-all. A free-for-all with Ryan, so we can Mm. just pick his brains and just let him go off without any sort of time constraints. Maybe we'd have to nice. do it on a uh, on a bank holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. A Sunday with a Monday, but then there's none now until next May. Because <laughs> we're booked up. Yeah. Okay, let's move on quick. What you got? Show me what you got. Asna. Our big news story. Headlines of the week. Massively offended. 
B&Q forced to apologise after shocking book is included in advert. B&Q has been forced to apologise after two shocking books were included in a product picture on its website. Are you familiar with the story, Matt? No. No. Uh, the home store received backlash online after an eagle-eyed customer spotted the books labelled White Supremacy. In it's, an about, ad- it's about paint, though. In an advert for the Ica radiator cover. You think it's... What, do you want to see the picture? Yeah. Oh, fuck, I've pressed the wrong thing. Being QR'd. There it is. There's the radiator cover from the website. It's hard to make out. There's a close-up. <laughs> legit. <laughs> this is legit from their website. What it the was. Fuck? <laughs> the company says they are now actively reviewing its screening process. Uh, B&Q has now apologised for the blunder, blaming the error on a third-party seller. A disgruntled graphic designer. <laughs> yeah, on his last day. Yeah. Uh, the modern radiator cover sold in grey is from a Birmingham-based supplier called A-I-C-A. A-I-C-A. Why are we uh, so dark? Why are we so dark? Oh, she's come back now. We just looked up and it, we got a bit, a bit brighter. Well, um... Maybe I just channeled some chi into the light bulbs. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, retails for forty pounds. Uh, the shot. What is going? Is it you or is it me? Ah, it's holding your paper up. Oh, it's focusing on the paper. Jesus Christ! It's the autofocus on the camera. Yeah. Uh, the shot customer told the son, "I was looking to do my house up, and I clicked on it, and I couldn't believe what I saw." I zoomed in and I was just shocked. It's so bizarre. My best guess is that someone was on their way out of a job. Maybe stuck there two weeks noticing and no one's checked it. Yeah. This definitely made me not want to shop at B&Q again. I mean, that's a bit of a a bit. We all know that B&Q is allegedly run by white white supremacists. I'm wondering if if it's just uh, the paint, the paint job. You know, like you get, uh, like from the swatch. You get like pearl white, brilliant white, eggshell white, white supremacy. <laughs> it's just the name of the supreme white. <laughs> no white supremacy. All oh, right, okay. Is it not just the finish? I guess not. Maybe that would be kind of retarded. Are you retarded? Kind of retarded to call a paint finish white supremacy. A uh, B B and Q spokesman will skip a bit. Um, we deeply apologise for the offence this may have caused from a product that was offered for sale by a third-party seller. B&Q is committed to creating an inclusive place for our colleagues to work and our customers to shop, and in this instance, this product was not picked up by our screening process. We can confirm we suspended the seller and removed the product and all images associated with it from DIY.com as soon as we became aware of the content. We are actively reviewing our screening process to prevent this happening again as we are committed to maintaining a respectful and inclusive online environment. Excellent corporate response. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, let's move on because time is short. Mm. Boy allows himself to be bitten (laughs) by Black Widow to become Spider-Man. I mean, we've all been tempted, haven't we? Who wouldn't want to be Spider-Man? He's the coolest superhero, maybe. I mean, Iron Man is probably up there. But, you know, coolest? Spider-Man. That's a big shout. Coolest. What, Spider-Man? Yeah. Why? why? Who, who else would you? 
Batman. Sub-Zero. No, he's not. That's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Batman. Batman's a nerd. He's not cool. Sp- wooden. Spider-Man is a nerd. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you're right. But um, I don't know. Maybe Spider-Man's more relatable because he's a young lad. He's, uh, yeah. yeah, because we're 17-year-old Yeah, but we don't read comics anymore. I don't think I've ever... Well, I think I've read two comics in my entire... Three, well, if you include a graphic novel. Oh, Matt Apocalypse says, I know someone who was bitten by a false widow. Right. It made him really ill, but somehow fixed his vision. What? Wow, I mean... Yeah, fat check that shit. Yeah, did you put Ryan's pattern over it? Over the spider bite? Yeah. Mm. Right, maybe we should. Mm. Anyway, on with the story... An eight-year-old Bolivian boy ended up in hospital after allowing himself to be bitten by a dangerous black riddle spider in order to become like his favourite superhero, Spider-Man. Are black widows everywhere? No. North America, South America, I thought they were Asia. Just, I thought they were just from Australia, black widows. No. No? No, definitely North America. They're in the Americas? Oh, yeah. Oh my God, I don't want to go to America. Again. Well, we have, like Matt said, we have false widows over here. They're, they're related, I think. Do we? False, yeah, there false was... widow is a thing here. I thought it was like a foreign thing, like come on a banana or something. No, there was like the bus stop at the bottom of Black Bull Lane used to be riddled with them. Opposite uh, Plungy. Do they have, are they black with little red things on them? I think they're more brown, false widows. Right. Blacky brown sort of colour. Okay. Um, the incident occurred in the municipality of Vichuloma, near the city of Oruru in central Bolivia. The eight-year-old child, whose name has not been revealed by the media, was reportedly playing near a river close to his house when he turned a big rock and discovered a black widow spider. Without realising the consequences of being bitten by a highly poisonous spider, he grabbed the arachnid and put it on the back of his hand in the hopes of being bitten. He got his wish and then headed home where he began experiencing symptoms like body aches and intense muscle spasms. It's working! It's working! <laughs> I'm going to be able to swing from the Bolivian skyscrapers. Uh, uh. Initially, the boy didn't say anything to his mother about the spider bite, but after about three hours of agony, he said that he'd been bitten by a colourful spider. The concerned mother took the child to a health centre in a neighbouring town, but he was subsequently referred to the Hospital General San Juan de Dios in the city of Oruro as a medical emergency. After hearing about the spider bite, paediatricians there contacted Ernesto Vasquez. Yeah, Ernesto. Head of Zoonotic Diseases Programme of the Department Health Service of Oruro, who helped establish what kind of spider had bitten the boy. Was it this one? <laughs> No. Was it this one? The child. The child, without considering the risks. <laughs> Where does it go? What? Why are we going back to the Trade Federation? <laughs> no, that's not... Dear child, without... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Master Sidious, I believe I see uh, The child, without considering the risk, <laughs> picked it up and placed it on the back of his palm where the arachnid made the bite. Vasquez told EFE, news agency, mm. news agency. We are extremely concerned because the analysis and questions as to the child when he had already recovered indicate that he picked up the arachnid with a simple purpose, that he wanted to become... <laughs> are you managing FC20? <laughs> that he wanted to become 
the Spider Man. Hey, we've been going nearly three hours now. I'm several beers in, and I'm tired. I've already done a podcast today. I was going to say, I've already done a two-hour podcast today. Podcast, haven't you? You did an earlier one. Talk about housekeeping, for fuck's sake, man. We need to keep going. Okay. Shit! What's next? Headlines. Did I have an alien? No, that was it. Right, very quickly. Alien versus Predator. Cops probe claims villagers being terrorised by predator-style <laughs> aliens after girl has neck slashed by mystery beast. Have you been living under a rock? Have you not heard this story? This has been everywhere, man. I try and isolate myself from the news. <coughs> from the news? How yeah. can you deconstruct something you are unaware of? Well, I do. You cannot! I do between two and three stories a week. <laughs> Sticking with South America. Police in the Amazon jungle are pro- probing bizarre claims a village is being menaced by creatures just like Predator. Locals living in the wilds have reported seeing seven-foot armoured aliens with large heads and yellow eyes in Peru. This has been going on for several, a couple of months at least, maybe since June, right. these reports have been coming. Uh, the claims have been made by members of the Iktu indigenous people in the rural district of Alto Nane, northeast of Lima. And they claim a girl, 15, was attacked by one of the monsters which slashed her neck. Hunters have reportedly fired on the creatures with their guns, which are said to be immune to human weapons. The beings are also uh, also allegedly can disappear at will, like the cloaking, the predator cloaking. This sounds like if it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> I don't know how you managed to mangle an Arnie impression. Then what was that Arnie you said that? I thought that was Billy. The oh, tracker. Well, then you just you bangled a Billy impression. Then. Oh, if he bleeds, we can't kill it. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, stop. Do you remember that podcast you, you sent me? Which one? Yeah, it was a long time ago, actually. It was about this guy. <laughs> and he was in special ops. And they saw... It was like this. A time slip. Yeah, but they saw things like this with uh, light your eyes and they could disappear at will. I'm sure it was. And that. was there two survivors and one committed suicide? Yeah. It was from... Um, um, uh, it's the guy who produces Charlie Robinson's podcast. The Something Podcast. I'm blanking on his name. Tim, not Tim. But I was oh in the jungle gosh. somewhere as well, wasn't it? I thought that was in, like, the Arctic or somewhere. Jungle, forest, somewhere. You yeah. had to get boats, didn't they? they? They got dropped off on a boat. Yeah. And they were and shooting, they were firing. It was like when Predator went on, where they're shooting into the trees because they're panicked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the beings can allegedly disappear at will. Police and Navy are now investigating the claims with locals calling for a military force to be deployed in the region. Maybe a crack squad. <laughs> What's the matter? CIA got you pushing too many pencils. Dylan, <laughs> you son of a bitch. What's the matter? CIA got you pushing too many pencils? <laughs> la, 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 la. Yeah, 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 yeah. My wife gets really annoyed. Why? Because anytime she, she asks me. Well, yeah, no, she's quite an angry person, but... 
Um, anytime I help her up. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you help someone look like this, don't you? Yeah. What's the matter? <laughs> oh, gosh, you mean it. You exactly. Podcast uh, got you pushing too many pencils. You do that, do you? you try Every that single time. I wow. just have to say what? And she goes, please stop. Stop. <laughs> That's what makes your, your marriage so special. Yeah, because we have in-jokes. Yes, you need them. I uh, annoy her to the point of her breaking. Let's go faster. Yeah. Is that when you're shagging? Let's <laughs> <laughs> go faster. <laughs> Fuck's sake, Matt. You're tired of something tonight, Matt. Um, yeah, anyway... <laughs> Anyway, police and navy are now investigating the claims. Oh my god! Oh my god! With locals calling for a military force to be deployed in the region, which is a ten-hour river ride from the Iquitos city, the police have investigated. I have an update because this has been dragging on for over a week. This story it's been in the mainstream, mm-hmm. and uh, here's a report. Uh, this is from News Nation. If I can find <laughs> the clip, here we are. Um, so what's really weird about this, uh, the whole thing is weird. Okay. So let's try to unpack this a little bit. The events, a lot of the events that are being reported are true. We have video of the authorities showing up. We have video of the villagers running out to, into the jungle shooting at something. Okay. But after the investigation, what they come out with is they say that. This is the explanation. Oh yeah. They love the explanations, don't they? The debunking. Uh, the, the prosecutor says that they believe uh, the, the police investigation summarizes that these were miners protecting gold, okay, with jet packs, that they're flying around on jet packs with hoods and masks and glowing something and going around cutting people's throats. So let that sit just for a second. It really sounds like an episode of Scooby-Doo where, you know, Mr. Withers puts on a goblin mask and is, is trying to protect his gold. It, it is almost far-fetched as the fact that the, the villagers believe these are seven-foot aliens. So the, 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 the believable story is that miners have jetpacks in the Peruvian or Bolivian jungle. Illicit miners have jetpacks and glowing eyes. And they are flying around the jungle... Slitting <laughs> villagers' throats. Are you retarded? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I don't know. I think we should probably move on. Do your own research, man. Yeah. Yeah, let's see what's coming up next. First on BBC One, <laughs> Prince Andrew becomes part of Jimmy Savile's dream team. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not slick tonight whatsoever. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. This is a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value. There's a myriad of ways of doing this. My favorite way, as ever, is word of mouth. Wherever you are online, if you're in Telegram groups, Discord servers, Facebook pages, Facebook groups, uh, WhatsApp chats, um, send some links to people if uh, you feel that they would appreciate what we do here and spread the word. It all helps. Yeah. You could also sign up for the newsletter, couldn't you? That comes out once a month at the beginning of the month. Uh, within the newsletter, there's sometimes, normally there's an article. 
Um, we've got Ben's column in there, some memes. Um, and you get to know the following month's full lineup. So Full lineup, I guess, yeah. Um, so at the beginning of September or the end of August, you'll get to know who's coming in September. Yeah, link in the show notes for all this that we're about to talk about. Plus you get 10% off at the uh, Amish Loot Chest, where you can buy... Some loot? I was waiting for you to put it on the screen. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, um, I've got a new T-shirt out. You, the, uh... you are the carbon they want to reduce stomping down. <laughs> You're being crashed. <laughs> to crash your enemies. I see see you them driven before, before you. you. Uh, <coughs> a bacon nuts T-shirt. A bacon nuts mug. Three weeks to flatten the earth T-shirt. And a literally communist hoodie. Uh, and just a normal Armist Inquisition logo tee. Yeah, um, you get something to keep and we get a cup. Exactly, yeah. You know, and you get to wear that and then you can spread the word of mouth as well. You can also uh, provide artwork. This is, these are all ways of stop being just a passive listener and helping to produce the show, become part of the produce, oh, being yeah. a producer and producing the content. So we got some artwork this we week. We had from... a lovely submission this week, didn't we? Oh, do you want to go to Lee's? Oh, right. Have you got, well, we've got another one. Oh, uh, well, Johnny Fong sent us some art, so I was going to oh, throw then. that up. I don't know what it, I can't even remember what it is now. Oh, <laughs> it's uh, just married. That's Emmanuel Macron and Justin Trudeau. Just oh, we're trying to, I was trying to figure out who the guy on the left was. I was thinking, has he, I knew he got divorced, didn't he? Trudeau's, Trudeau's got, got, got divorced, divorced this week, yeah. And uh, I was thinking, has he, has he turned? Uh, I mean, they're, total, they're both total beards, aren't they? Yeah. Beard, beard wearers. <laughs> we got that from Johnny. And uh, you hinted before we got some show artwork. Hey, send us show artwork. We will mm. use it. Yeah. And it might even work in, artwork, in iTunes this week. But we got this from Lee. Uh, yes. Lee is a co-host of the Big Conspire podcast. And, uh, Lee's a, Lee is a champion artwork producer. He was last year. Slacking. But I just mean, I just sorry, mean, Lee, but you've been slacking. I just mean in terms of his quality, that's oh, all. Oh, sorry, in terms of quality, yeah. Yeah, yeah excellent. good. Well, the, the, um, the bacon nuts Lee yes. made and the, the three flat- weeks to flatten the earth. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, he's so, probably returning quite a lot of value, isn't he? He's doing his bit, yeah. If if yeah, if everyone returned a similar amount, an atomic weight of value as Lee, we'd be doing all if right. If everybody gave us a pound of flesh. Uh, just a pound? Mm. Christ, if we had a, a pound from every listener, exactly. we would be secure yes. for the foreseeable. Mm. But, you know, there we are. It's got the tarot cards there. There's some astral theology. And there's Lee, a self-portrait in the middle, <laughs> zenning out, <laughs> focusing his chi. He is, isn't he? From Getting his, ready. From his heart chakra yeah. into your eyeballs. Oof. Or your pineal gland. That was nice. We're going to use that. That'll be the show art when this goes out to Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. That'll be the show art way. It's submitted by... A listener, a producer, no less. Uh, YouTube, you got to <laughs> sub, like, comment, hit the share, smack that bell. Yeah, if you're watching now, hit the like button. I think smash that, it. Everybody's been doing that recently, haven't they? That's very helpful. Good, that helps. Leave us a review. We'll or we'll try and read it out. Uh, leave a comment, and we'll sometimes we'll pick it out if we spot a, a nice one. Yeah. Uh, join the Element server. That's where you can submit your artwork. You can also send us videos, audio links, uh, video links, that kind of thing, uh, news articles, and we can use all of those things. Yeah, all these things that we're talking about, those three headlines, and the video clips we're going to play later, uh, shortly, they're, they're sourced from, from you lot. We only have three pairs of eyes and ears to monitor what's going on. So we need, we want information, whether it's 
through email via the armsinquisition at gmail.com or the element server whatsapp um dms i get a lot of not whatsapp um insta dms you mm-hmm. send us stuff through there these reels and stuff funny reels we'll, we'll use it you mm-hmm. know it helps you can also submit guest suggestions birthday requests and focus chi requests yeah i think that's it the best way to support the podcast though is obviously with cold hard cash Toss a coin to your witcher. We uh, really appreciate it. Do it for the lads. The lads. 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 You know, we know what we're doing. They know what they're doing there. Generally. But, um, if you go to thearmistinquisition.com, you'll find a PayPal button there or a link, a look in the show notes. And you give us a one-off donation if you, if you think that you want to return some value monetarily. You can give us a, a sustaining donation, a monthly donation. And then that gives us a bit of security. We're all going to be able to pay to keep the lights on and pay the hosting costs and everything else that's associated. So, um, yeah, toss us a coin. Yeah. Save Plotland. Oh, fuck. Save, Save Plotland. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's thank the uh, producers for episode... What is it? 292. 292. 292. Are you retarded? <laughs> I'm fucking based. based Sigma Chad. I'm so out of sorts. I did change I did change some of the colours of the pads. I was gonna try and colour coordinate things. They're all yellow. <laughs> They're all yellow! It was all yellow. Oh, thank you. They are. Yeah. Who have we got? So amazing in their love. We have Lee from the Big Conspire, Helen, a liar, and uh, Johnny. Th- Thong, I was say Johnny Thong. Johnny Thong. Thanks. Cisco. Oh, Willy G. Should I mean literally a communist? The dwarfs, the currants, the Greek, the doctor of thugonomics, the homophobe, the wind, the giant fucking lenses, the chest feeding, communist. Base Sigma Chad. The baby penis inner asshole. These clockwork clowns. The dime bar. The number 11. The bee gun on the bus. Your line dog face pony shoulder. Line man. The big jungus. The cripple and the mother of the From hell. How dare you? Are you retarded? Fucking vegan. I don't get it, never will. Well, the thing is, what you do, you call between the devil and the rock at a hard place. This is such a crock of feces. Is what it is. Well, it is what it is because you are who you are. That's why it is. Yeah, thanks for your support for another week. We really appreciate it. And uh, keep it coming. That's Mm. it. Housekeeping done in record time, I would suggest. It's because Ben's not here. throwing a spanner at the telly's gonna turn off yeah. like, i need the remote with that light i've got to press a button on the telly yeah. right end the show isos what have we got how many have i got where's my sheet one two three four four i got five five end of show isos uh-huh. choose from yeah check out this one this is uh fuck off fuck off it's clarkson it's based fuck off okay what about uh absurd times we live in absurd times. Okay. 
I feel Not that bad. one a, a little bit better. It's a bit better. Fuck, fuck off's a bit sort of, uh, yeah. what would you say? A bit, a bit low, low brow for us. Yeah, a bit sharp. What about uh, ben, Bentley for transit? Full transit. Not liking that. I mean, no. Bentley. Full transit. That's definitely your fucking Ford Transit. <laughs> what if you got a QB star? A Nissan. You can with a Nissan. Okay, not impressed with that one. What about uh, Butcher's Bins? See my minge. It's like a Butcher's Bin. Okay. Isn't it really appropriate for an end of show? See my minge. It's like a Butcher's Bin. No. I just feel that it's all a little bit crass tonight. It is crass. Okay, well, this one isn't. This is our, our mate, JBP. He's, he figures in the ISOs regularly. Uh, what's this one called? Uh, kicked off YouTube. Oh, that'll definitely get us kicked off YouTube. So now you've gone and done it. I think you need to cut off now you've gone and done it. And then... Oh, right. It's like that, is it? Well, Ben gets to do it. So he I gets can't... to, uh, what would you say, um, customise yeah, his so. end of shows. So uh, let's try That'll definitely be. get us kicked off YouTube. So now you've gone and done it. So you want now Now I've gone and done it. So it's amazing to me that that man oh, is... Oh, God. That'll definitely... Oh, God. Uh, you made me... Uh... I didn't make you do anything. You... Well, you made me em- em- play with the clip. You get us kicked off YouTube. Oh, <laughs> you... God. You need to do it at the beginning as well. Oh, that'll definitely get us kicked off YouTube's. YouTube's? It says YouTube's, yeah. The old YouTube's. <laughs> is that is that close? Yeah. Oh, that'll definitely get us kicked off YouTube's. That's it. That's the one. We're saving that. Yeah. All right. That's the winner. Yeah. <sighs> oh, that'll definitely get us kicked off YouTube's. Okay. Let's move on quick. Uh, the US is stepping up the fight against global climate warming change i thought you were going to say ufos then ah that's that's a psyop global climate warming change isn't a psyop though no um oh have i got a clip sunblock why is it highlighted in green only one way to find out uh oh because it's an audio clip okay this is audio only okay this is from uh what News station. Oh, it's Fox News. Uh, yeah. The U.S. stepping up the fight against global climate warming change. As the Biden administration signals its fight against global warming may actually involve blocking sunlight. The White House oh, posting no. research. No, they're not going to do this, are they? They've been telling us they were going to do it for ages. They're not going to put stuff in the atmosphere. Claiming, quote, solar radiation modification would enable better informed decisions about the potential risk and benefits of SRM. There's a new term there. SRM. SRM. Solar Solar. radiation modification. Otherwise known as blocking out the fucking sun. Do you remember a Simpsons episode from 20, 30 years ago where Mr. Burns was going to block the sun? Yeah. Yeah. Weird, isn't it? as a component of climate policy. Oh, it's just a component. You still need to get electric cars. Mm. And we're going to block the sun. How's that going to... How's the solar panels work again when you block the sunlight? Have we thought that through? That was my immediate thought, was like, yeah. 
alongside the foundational elements of greenhouse gas emissions mitigation. Our next guest warns this is simply government's way to control your weather. Mark Morano, publisher of ClimateDepot.com, and he joins us now. Okay, Mark, you know, my take this morning was maybe this is one of those or else, you know, get on board with everything else or we're going to block the sun. But I guess it's a little bit more. I can't believe this is on mainstream news. But the other thing as well is like, it's not, America doesn't, or the USA doesn't get to just choose to shoot stuff into the atmosphere and then because that stuff's just gonna it's just gonna stay over the united states of america well they would argue that it will but it won't if you put it up into the upper atmosphere and it goes into the jet streams or whatever is up there yeah this is gonna go all around the earth yeah it's not been well thought out i think the analyst the analyst here makes this point uh, it's a little bit more reality than that. Tell us about it. Well, this is actually Bill Gates funding this uh-huh. as well through Harvard okay. University. This is obviously. I mean, I was going to say, well, is it Bill Gates at the beginning? Because <laughs> this is his thing, isn't it? Just, no. Let's put some particulate into the atmosphere because we need more of that. He we? makes an interesting point, though, this analyst, about uh, what the arguments that were made in the 70s. Retro 1970s. In the 1970s, they believed that our uh, fossil fuels were creating aerosols, blocking the sun, creating man-made global cooling. So they came up with the same kind of geoengineering solutions back then. They wanted to put black soot on the Arctic to melt it. There was one proposal to use nuclear energy to help loosen the Arctic ice caps because they thought they were growing too much. Uh, And John Holdren, back in the Obama administration, also supported this kind of geoengineering, if you will, of the climate. This is radical, risky, unproven, unknown effects, but they're doing it as a sort of lever over us to say now in the Biden administration, kind of like, yeah, we know this is dangerous, we don't know the effects, but darn it, people aren't buying electric cars fast enough, or they're not embracing Green New Deal policies, so we have to risk our entire planet with this insane kind of research. It's basically weather modification. China's been doing it for years. It's another form of what the U.S. government has even been doing. The the ABC News wet meteorologist bragged about the cloud seeding their do you remember us playing that clip a few months ago? I can't remember. The ABC report, and it was this uh, female journalist. She was there, and she was next to the plane where it had all the pipes coming off the rings, the wings, where they mm. were spraying chemicals. We, is it silver we, used to call them, we used to call them chemtrails, <laughs> but uh, you, get, you used to get laughed at. Yeah. And then it appeared on ABC mm. News. <laughs> this is what we do. And they had ground-based. Do you remember? They had ground-based. Chem uh, spraying machines, the like a little hot cloud seeders, cloud gun, cloud gun, a cloud buster, cloud buster. Yeah. Doing to increase yeah. rain or snow and storms, they will control the uh, the government will control the weather, and you will be happy. That seems to be the new motto. Yeah. I love that. Well, Trump twenty twenty four. Then, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's no, he's no fucking saver, savior man. No, with his rotten breath. Breathing your rotten breath. All over my body. You should be so lucky. Wow. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just so short-sighted, isn't it? Just fire this stuff into the atmosphere. It's fine. Um, You know, nothing to do with, like, the billions that, or hundreds of millions that Gates will be pumping into whatever. You know, he's always got an, uh, 
and out. He's always got something on the back end. Mm. Same with the old jab jabberoonies. You know? well, he's he, heavily invested in jabberoonies. He will be. Um, it's his technology, isn't it? So if he, ultimately, if it's adopted by a nation, yeah, they'll pay a role. And the, the most, uh, what's the word, uh, with the biggest economy in the world, um, they have a lot of money swilling around, even though they have the largest national debt. <coughs> There's a famous quote. I don't know if it was during the the pan, panda panda pandemic thing. Where he was interviewed, he was saying like, you know, Jabberoonies are the best investment I ever made. The returns are just great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but you know, whatever. It's it's all right. I'm I'm happy. I've got a strong sphincter. My sphincter is stronger than an orange. <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm not worrying about it. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, and I, I needed to play this stuff tonight because I'm I'm getting a bit obsessed. I found a new source, a rich seam of content. And it's the Lancashire Post. Mm-hmm. You're formerly known as the Lancashire Evening Post. Is it called the Lancashire Post now? The Lancashire Post, I never Post, noticed yeah. that. When did it change its name? Um, I don't know. Recently, I would suggest. They have digital reporters and they release videos, daily news videos oh, for our local area. Uh, most of them seem to be headed by uh, digital reporter Emma Downey. Emma Downey from Northern Ireland. And I'll be honest, I'm crushing quite hard on Emma Downey after watching her content. Is it her getting, content. Is it getting a bit pervy? Well, I tried to friend her on Facebook. Oh, you creep. <laughs> I tried to friend her on Facebook and... Uh, she must have some sort of arrangement with Facebook because it said, um, Facebook came up saying, I don't think you know her, so we're not going to let you friend her. But fortunately, she's on Twitter, so I'm following her on Twitter. <laughs> I found her on Twitter. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it says in her profile, caffeine addict and dog lover. It's like, we could be soulmates, man. Yeah. And uh, I've, got a f- I've got a few examples, um, local interest stories. There's a new Greg's, you know, Chorley Road. Oh, no, Preston Road, surely. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, just give you an idea of what's going on. Hi, guys. Emma here from the Lancashire Post. Um, as you can see, I'm outside the new Greggs um, in Chorley Preston Road, which has officially opened today. Fuck uh, me, take just a look stop inside. It. Why have they not got one of those mufflers over the mic? Well, I could help Emma with her production values, I would suggest, modestly. But, yeah, there's a lot of road noise there. I mean, I could have treated the video with a you know, like some sort of a EQ noise gating. I could have got rid of a lot of that. Why don't you message DM her on Twitter? <laughs> she's not following me back. Uh, <laughs> but maybe she's off for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'll find out on Monday. Well, I'll let you know on Monday. Well, in the elements. Yeah, I suppose what you could always do is you don't follow you back. You just start trolling her. <laughs> Just start driving around Preston no, and no. hoping to see her. I didn't say stalk Can I do her. That? I said, <laughs> I said troll her. I'll troll her. No, I don't want to troll her. She seems nice. Okay. Anyway, let's continue. New Greg's big news. Sneak peek. A sneak peek. So as you can see, it's a fucking Greg's. I mean, you know, already we're into uh, esoterica with the checkerboard floor. <laughs> Good spot, man. So Greg's, I didn't know Greg's were Freemasonic. Where's the arch? Let's, uh, was there an arch at the counter? 
what, two pillars? Have we got, got Jashin and Boaz as you walk in? Yeah. Take a look inside, little sneak peek. Some Sonic floor. Yeah. Nah, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> There's a door. There's a door, right. There might be a door on the left. Yeah. So, as you can see, um, 22 seats. 22 seats? That's not a magic number. If there was should, 23 I seats. I was just going to say there should be 23 seats. Maybe she's missed one. There is yeah. a door on the left-hand side, by the way. Yeah, the two pillars. Yeah. You might be on something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if one led to an, a staircase going upwards and another went to a downward staircase, then I would get freaked the fuck out. But she, might, she might check out the toilets, because I imagine the toilets is on the left. Right. <laughs> Steak big. Steak big. Steak big. Sausage rolls. You can see all of the nice donuts, sweet treats. Treat treats. Yum, yum. So we're just joined by Sarah, the manager of the new store. Hi, Sarah. Hi. So this is the first day of opening. It is, yeah. It's the first day. First time being interviewed on a camera. Seven o'clock this morning. You've been busy. Um, yeah, busy. Yeah, yeah. Not a single person uh, in the shop. <laughs> this would create fifteen jobs altogether. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah, very very excited. And what's your favourite food on Sausage rolls. Yeah, absolutely. Naturally. Wouldn't have guessed. Got to be the sausage rolls. And on that note. Ready. Oh, oh, I'm in the oh. way. Oh, cut that out. Yeah. Hi, you want to leave you? Well, I have my sausage roll. Hi. There you go. There's an example. That's an example of a native ad. <laughs> what, for sausage rolls at the Lancashire Post? fucking Greg's, isn't it? Oh, it could be. Oh, right. They've obviously paid them, haven't they? I think it's... No, I, I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think that's a, a, a fair game... A local interest story. A big chain is opening a new store. Steak big. Steak sweet treats. <laughs> Where's your favourite? I don't know. I can't. I just want to cook the sausage roll. What's your favourite? What's yours? Anyway, I've got another clip here. Um... Has it been windy? Emma here from the post. Um, I'm stood outside in 36 degree heat. Whoa, what's she got in her hand? <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> now, when I first saw this video, yeah. oh, I thought, why, Emma? Why, why have you, you not combed your hair? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, uh, I was more interested in the carrots. Yeah. Why are you holding carrots? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems unusual. Outside the AF59 and Longside, where the tethered horse has been for the past three weeks. Look. So there's been a tethered horse for three weeks on the road, on the side of the road. That's no. why she's holding the carriage. She, she said tethered horse? Yeah. Just rewind it. Dun, dun, dun. Enhance, rotate, <laughs> magnify, play. Um, outside the AF59 and Longside. Oh, sorry. Where, um, That's I'm it. stood outside. In 36 degree heat, um, outside the AF59 and Longside, where the tethered horse has been for the past three weeks. Mm. Luckily, um, I came with some carrots and sunscreen, thinking it would be here. 
but thank God um, our readers have been pleased to know that it is no longer, well, it no longer appears to be here. So somebody's... It's fucking there! Why has she got sunscreen? Because it's 36 degrees. For the horse? No, for herself. <laughs> she brought it for herself. Oh, right. Okay. I, I imagine, maybe she thought feeding two carrots would take a long time. The tethered horse. The tethered horse! Probably taking it in and giving it some shelter, um, which is good because um, I've stood out in this for the past five minutes and it's too much for me. To yeah, too much. But on that note, um, I wish all of our readers a lovely two day heat wave. I'm off to get an ice cream. All right. That's yes. why your hair's all frizzy, because that's what happens to ladies' hairs. The dryness, the what, humidity. The humidity makes it all like that, yeah. Yeah, my beard's the same, and my pubes. Well, yeah, your beard is your pubes, so... They, they don't join like Ben. There is a dividing line. I actually shave my neck. Yeah. They, can you say this? Gross. It's clean. I'm clean. I don't have a neck beard. Right. I believe Ben just lets it go. <laughs> Just like, I think all the hair's connected. Yeah. I think pubes to belly to chest to, to beard. To feet. It's all one. Yeah. It's like an ex- endoskeleton of matted hair. And like exo. Mr. Like Mr. Twit. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. This has all been foreplay. Is it, have, we got a, have we got the money shot coming up? This is... This has been foreplay playing these clips of Emma, and I've been following her for a week now. We didn't have time last week. I left it out. Mm. Um, we didn't have time last week. <laughs> I know, but I just can't let this go because I found something this weekend which blew me away, and it's going to blow you away. Mm. The LEP also, uh, the Lancashire Post, also does Vox Pops. Mm. We know what Vox Pops are, right? Yeah. It's where you go to... <clears throat> Some, um, a member of the public... And you do a short, sharp interview with them. You go out with your camera, your microphone, and you mm. you tackle the man on the street, mm. the woman in the street, and throw some questions at them. What do you think of the steak bake? <laughs> How many jobs is the new drags gonna make? Yes, Nick. Right. So, um, there's been talk of a new variant, a new COVID variant. Oh, what's it called? Esme, Erica, or something. Something daft. New COVID variant. And so our intrepid digital reporter, Emma Downing, went to the campus of the University of Central, Central Lancashire in our hometown to get some Vox Pops. Mm. And this first one, you know, you, you were saying I might be able to help Emma with her, maybe her video editing and, and stuff. Check out the edit on this first Vox Pop. This will blow your mind. <laughs> Um, so obviously with the new COVID uh, variant coming into play again, uh, would you be worried yourself about going into lockdown or having to wear masks again? Simple question. Are you worried about the new variant? This guy looks like he's never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? Oh, I wouldn't want to go through that again. Definitely not. Um, so are you worried at the minute? Not at all, no. And so you don't think it'll affect the government? You fucking should be! <laughs> These are, fr- these are not the correct answers. <laughs> you know I'm, I'm from the media? I'm telling you about the new COVID variant? You're not scared? Are you not scared yet? Governmental <laughs> sort of, if it keeps getting worse, they'll implement uh, maybe by the end of the year well, lockdown. I've only a little bit about it. So yeah. She's talking about re-implementing lockdown now. 
Did he catch that? Yeah, I know. No, I only picked you up in the press like, over the weekend, so I'm, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it, you know, but I can't really say a lot, can I? Oh, what can't you say? I mean, he is... A l- Who am I to judge a man on the, on the 30 seconds of a video? But I'm already finding him a bit creepy. Creepy? Yeah. This guy's a man of the people, man. Is he? Right, okay. And would you go back to wearing a mask, or did you wear a mask before? I've worn a mask before, yes, but it was, it was dreadful, especially in the summer. I know, and... Um... So just, just watch this edit. This is mind-blowing. And also, would you get a job again? Because obviously the first time... No, definitely not. I had... <sighs> Gone. I, I had... I had what? No, definitely not. I had... Oh, right. Okay, okay. Are we getting it? Let's, let's, let's roll it back. Okay. Let's watch it. I, I'm not going to slow it down. I only picked you up in the press like, over the weekend, so I'm, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it, you know, but I can't really say a lot, can I? And would you go back to wearing a mask, or did you wear a mask before? I've worn a mask before, yes, but it was, it was dreadful, especially in the summer. I know. And um, also, t- would you get a job again? Because obviously the first time... No, definitely not. I had... No, definitely not. I had... What? So he also said, didn't he, as well, he's, I wonder if he's been prepped, because he said, I can't say too much, can I? Maybe they said, like, you can't say that... You know, are we, are we getting the, the picture? The magic juice did something. They're still, they're still twisting it. They're mm. still lying about it. They're still not letting these views be aired. Mm. The only thing that throws a spanner in the works for me is editing videos is not difficult. <laughs> Why didn't you just cut it before that last question? Just end the video. Oh, I didn't like having a mask on in summer. Mm. Bong onto orange jumper man here. But no, they asked you a whole question. What, what was it? Uh, I knew you'd be happy to get a job again. <laughs> say a lot, can I? And would you go back to wearing a mask or did you wear a mask before? I've worn a mask before, yes, but it was, it was dreadful, especially in the summer. That's it. Cut. On to the next one. Yeah, next. But no, no, we continue with this. I know. And um, also, would you get a job again? Because obviously the first time... No, definitely not. I have... I thought that was wild. Oh, that, yeah. that went out. Yeah. On the platform. Anyway, we've got two more Vox Pops. Uh, we've got a standard NPC here. <laughs> this is fucking... I don't know. I, I, so, have you heard news of the new COVID variant? No. So you have it. Would you be worried if it was to come into place again? No. Would you wear a mask? No. And have you ever had uh, jabs before? Yeah. So you, you wouldn't, but if it did come into place, would you be worried about, um, so you wouldn't wear a mask, but would you be worried about us going into lockdown again? No. Do you th- so he's not worried about going into lockdown again. I think if we did go into lockdown, would you think the country could survive this time? Uh, probably not. Could the sun- country survive this time? Jesus. <laughs> would you wear a mask? No. And have you ever had uh, jobs before? Yeah. So you, you wouldn't, but if it did come into place, would you be worried about, um, so you wouldn't wear a mask, but would you be worried about us going into lockdown again? No. Do you think if we did go into lockdown, would you think the country could survive this time? Uh, probably not. So-, so he's not worried about another lockdown, 
But if we do have another lockdown, the country won't survive. No, I mean, that's pretty dark, isn't it? Yeah. And he's not bothered by that. He's not cognizant, is he? He's not... I don't know, is he just staring at Emma? I mean, I think that, that could be a giant can of monster behind him, though, so... And a can, a, a can of full-fat Coke chaser. Because <laughs> he needs the extra caffeine. Okay, so we've got the guy who is either vaccine-damaged or, um, well, we're saying I'm, I'm never going to have one again because I had something. something. What could it be? I had a terrible reaction. I had uh, several family members dying. <laughs> we will never know. It's on the cutting room floor. And then we've got the yes-no man. <laughs> no, he's not faced. It's, it's just a no man. He's not faced by anything. Doctor, no. He's not worried about lockdown. But if we do lockdown, the country won't survive. Yeah. And to top it off, we have, as Eric Hoffer would, would describe in his famous book, the true believer. <clears throat> the true believer to finish things off. Oh, at the minute, you're just sort of it's it's okay at the minute. Yeah. So would you yourself be worried, obviously with news circulating that there's a new COVID variant um, floating about? Does that bother you? Are you um, concerned? I did hear something about that the other day. Um, although I know that there was a certain age group, I think it was 75 and over, that had um, another top-up vaccine. In the would that, that have been four or five or six? I can't remember. So they got topped up anyway. Every six months. So it? they're all right. Spring. So they're okay. Personally, I'm not worried, but I'm up to date with my vaccinations. But if they offered another one, obviously I'd take it, but I'm not phased out about it at the moment or anything, but I'll just keep a alert and listen to what the news is. Stay alert. Watch the news. <laughs> Wasn't that the... You know, like, this is a safe, the NHS, protect lives. It was like stay <coughs> They alert. changed it to stay alert. Wash hands. <laughs> Wash hands. Um, maybe cop a feel of your PA. Stay alert. Is that what Hancock Wash did? hands. Uh, Go on, I'm a celebrity. Pray. And pray. Mm. But not in a church. You're not allowed in them. We've shut them. Yes. Just pray to yourself. Yes. So that was it. Stay alert. Wash your hands and pray. <laughs> And would it bother you if you had to go back, to, we had to revert back to wearing masks again? Well, I sometimes wear it anyway, say on the bus, um, because we don't have a car. So if anybody's sneezy or coughing, well, I'll wear it anyway. So It'll make all the difference, won't it? If you're on the bus, if you, if you put your muzzle on. Not too traumatised by the mask. I like that. She slipped that in at the end. Um, so obviously, we're too, too traumatized by the mask. Anybody's sneezy or coffee, well, I'll, I'll wear it anyway. So I'm not too traumatized by the mask. No, just mildly traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm onto a winner with the uh, Langship Post. I you mean, suggest? yeah, I mean, those, that's some hard hitting <coughs> reporting, isn't it? I big, I'll, big. You know, the thing is, there's also the Yorkshire Post. This is a syndicate around the country. Mm -hmm. I just picked the Lancashire Post because that's where we are. That was our hometown in the background. It was, wasn't it? So, yeah, you can tell what I'm going to be doing <coughs> in the next few weeks. Uh, trawling. Mining. The uh, local rags for uh, content. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the right thing to do. You notice in the background, um, that's one of my things that... Uh, 
one of the many things that my wife is into is... Uh, God, don't read the comments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, um, sinister buildings. Sinister buildings? And What's that? A lot of the University of Central Lancashire's new buildings look very sinister. And one of the the engineering building was in the background then, and that's a that's a prime example of a sinister building. How do, how do you define a sinister building? We just look at them, and it looks like a, a baddie's lair. Oh. It's like black. That one is black and uh, you know glazed. It just looks sinister and imposing. Is it in an active volcano? Maybe. Yes. Where did Doctor Evil live? In a volcano. Was that in a volcano? I think it was. That was the thing. Right. Well, I was, well, I thought you were talking. I can't uh, think of any like baddies <laughs> like other than um, well, Castle was Castle Grayskull. Did Skeletor live in Castle Grayskull? No, he didn't. He man did. Where did uh, the Lionel baddie Mumra. Mumra in the crypt? He was in a crypt, wasn't he? Yeah, I can't remember his song. He used to sing, didn't he? Mumra <laughs> when he came to full power. Because he was like, he had a red hood and he was all withered like an Egyptian oh, mummy. He did, didn't he? And then he got some sort of secret source, some sort of mithraic, <laughs> esoteric, seminal, seminal juice, and then turned into Mumra. Mm. Here we are, fucking hell, let's have it. Mm-hmm. Here we are, I've got Mumra here. This is an original. What's the year? I have to look at the foot. 1985. Wow. Made by Wolf. Here he is. I have to. Adjust, adjust your sets. Can you take his headdress off? Um, well, he goes bald then. His arms still move. I still have. Do you remember they used to have a, a thing that you put on your finger mm-hmm. and he had a, a battery in it, a double A battery? And you used to pull that, push that into that little port in his back and yeah. that would make his eyes light up. No. Oh, fucking hell, yes. Don't make me dig it out. <laughs> oh, wow. No. But yeah, I can take his headdress off and make him look like. Uh, Kalimal, what's the guy from uh, Temple of Doom? My my uh, mind's blanking. Kalimal, yeah, I've got I've got Lion out. I've got Lion out as well. Sorry, quick deviation here. There's uh, your original. You've showed them off for a while, have you? 1985 Lion out with his sword. Did you ever get? Well, accoutrements. Did you ever play with the uh, sword and the glove? I had the sword. Or did you press the button and the you sword looked of, through the thing? Sword of Omens. Yes. <laughs> I, can't remember, I don't know how you remember it all. Of course I had a sword of omens. I didn't have a glove. No, we didn't have a glove. Mm. It was probably expensive. I don't remember anyone having a glove. I, I'm sure people's. I had a friend who had a glove and the sword. Bobo Iranian. Possibly. He yeah. used to have wicked toys. He had, the, he had an original Nez when it was original. There was a lad down I road who had like... All these weird transformers that you had to like get from Japan because mm-hmm. they just never sold them in Argos. You know, all, your, all our toys came from Argos. Toys Us weren't even open. It was uh, Smith's or uh, was it Toy Box? Toys R Us was. Uh, I, I reckon I was maybe twelve when Toys R Us when Jeffrey came. Jeffrey Giraffe came and opened Toys R Us. Right. Presley. Okay. Wow. I'll, I'll say, I don't know. Right. The first thing I got from Toys R Us was a cowboy outfit. It's like um, a Winchester rifle and a cowboy hat and probably chaps. <laughs> <laughs> chaps. A little tub of tub of lube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm making a 
cry. Making him cry. Oh, God, it's late, isn't it, Matt? It's like nearly it's midnight. Like, it's like, are you, are you tired, boss? Boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think it's time for a nam finally, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, we've just knocked over an hour. I can't believe I thought we were going to blow through this in 40 minutes, but we've gone to an hour already. No, we did an hour. And uh, But to be fair, it was bullshit for like the first five minutes. We weren't even talking. It was just the uh, the pre-stream screen. So um, anyway, um, all I would say for, for all you watching out there and for you as well, Matt, we all have bad days, don't we? Mm. Sometimes things get you down and you think, oh, fuck, why? Why? Why has this happened? Why me, for fuck's sake? Ah! And when that happens, I just want you to bear in mind this lady from Texas. And tonight, a story of survival you've really got to see to believe. A Texas woman says a snake fell from the sky, wrapped around her arm, and then tried biting her face. But that's not all. All of this is happening while a hawk swooped down and then tried grabbing the snake off of her arm. Fox 26's Matthew Seedorf meeting with that woman here tonight who says she is just thankful to be alive. I do this as therapy to kind of help me realize that this probably is never going to happen again. So this lady has a dummy snake coiled around her arm. I mean... For I, therapy. This is exposure therapy now? Yeah, Psychological well, terms? Yeah, I know. Um, I just <coughs> hope that that is the real snake that bit her. Yeah, you would... Some vengeance. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. would hope so, wouldn't you? I don't what think is best is. in life? <laughs> <laughs> what is best in life, Conan? To crush your enemies. See them driven before you. Turn them into taxidermy. <laughs> Taxidermist <laughs> them and wrap them around your arm. La, 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 la. A rare simultaneous <sighs> snake and hawk attack cutting a Texas Whoa. woman. They had, to, uh, they had to blur yeah. that. They had to blur that image for YouTube. So the snake. snake and hawk attack. No, no, no. It's a snake and hawk attack. I know. So the snake was going for the face. <laughs> what? So that's just from the hawk. Oh my god! <laughs> you growlers! Look at it, you growlers! They're going for the growlers. Wow. The snake was going for the growler. Mm. And the hawk was all over the arm. Mm. The snake wrapped around that arm. So that's the hawk's claws, I would posit, and the beak. Whereas the snake is striking for the face. The basilisk. Cutting a Texas woman deep. Are you uh, looking up now? Oh yeah, I'm constantly looking up. Her arm now wrapped in healing, but emotionally it's tough. The nightmares. The nightmares are horrific. They're terrible. Out in Silsby, Texas, Peggy Jones had been mowing the lawn. Silbury Hill. Oh, was it? Silsbury's Texas. Thick. They're terrible. Out in Silsby, Texas, Peggy... Silsbury, mm. Texas. Peggy Jones had been mowing the lawn. She was just mowing the lawn, man. She's minding her own business, chat. Where did Why? the snake did the snake fall from the sky? From she, the sky. Oh, the hawk must have dropped it, must have. Yeah. And then it's come after it. He could have dropped it anywhere. I know, yeah. He dropped it on Peggy. On her arm. <laughs> Not her head. 
I was just riding along, minding my own business. Out of the blue sky, a snake fell onto her arm. Your instincts are just to sling it off. Then instead of slinging on off, he wrapped around my arm, just wrapped around it. As I'm slinging, he's striking and striking. He's striking my glasses. The snake over and over again. Good job she was wearing glasses, man. No. You know? I wonder what kind of snake it was. If it was like a python, then. Basilisk. Uh, you know, uh, or anaconda dropped from the sky. You know, there's all sorts of esoteric symbolism. Well, yeah, of of the of the the raptor or the hawk clutching a snake in its talons. Mm. It's a common symbol. And lunging towards Peggy's face. All you could see was this. It looked like big wide mouth coming at your face. After four tries, a hawk then ripping the snake away. The hawk, I mean, his wings are just flapping and, you know, I I can feel the wings on me. I don't really know. I can't say I know how it feels to die because I'm still alive. But I really think that I got really close. She She had a rebirth moment going back to Ryan 7. I mean, you can just take mushrooms, but a near-death experience? I think there are some, some parallels there. Of this, uh, this idea of the idea is the idea of dying before you die. This is a common theme in esoteric writings, and there's various ways of doing it. There's ways of experiencing death without actually dying, mm-hmm. and a near-death experience um, is a, 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 a analogous. I'm speaking English. This is Wendell, the hubby. She was hysterical. Peggy's husband Wendell also outside, running over to help. The first words I heard was, snake fell out of the air. So I'm go- <laughs> You've been day drinking again. <laughs> and yes, you are hysterical. I told him, I said, a, a snake, a snake just fell out of the air. He said, a snake did this to you. I said, no, no, it was a snake. And then the snake was trying to bite me on my face. She was just screaming and crying and trying to talk but I, I just couldn't understand anything she said i said the hawk came down and he got the snake he tried to get the snake and he scratched all over my arms and his talons were going into my arms and my arms are tore up i took that dodge truck hemi and i'm not going to tell you how fast i went through town but we go on tell us how fast you but went pretty fast put my foot down was flying. Peggy oh, now looking up, thanking her lucky stars, she survived simultaneous oh, attacks. Yeah. I think you need a lottery ticket. Yes. Crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Torn apart but alive with a new look on life. In the blink of an eye and the snap of a finger, your life can change. Mm. And you don't know if it's going to be a hawk and a snake or a car wreck <laughs> or whatever. I just. It's probably not going to be a hawk and a snake. Mm. <laughs> you would hope not. <laughs> Love everybody and everything more. Even when I eat a piece of chocolate, it tastes so much better now. This is, this is... But alive with a new look on life. Going back to what I was saying before, this is interesting. It's changed her entire perspective on life. She has been reborn from a near-death experience. In the blink of an eye and the snap of a finger, your life can change. And you don't know if it's going to be a hawk and a snake or a car wreck or whatever. I just love everybody and everything more. Even when I eat a piece of chocolate, it tastes so much better now you know, wow. than it did. Reporting from Hardin County, Texas, Matthew Seedorf, Fox 26 News. I think that's a good, a good place to end. Solid. Fantastic story. A, a new lease of life, I would suggest. Peggy has now. Well, this is the thing about trauma is, you know, quite traumatic but quite often it gives you a different perspective on your life 
chicken liver chips. I can go. Oh, hell's bells, right? Let's go. It's time to go. Thanks for joining us. I hope you're all suitably entertained. Are you not entertained? You should be. Crisis in Plotland. I will be back next week. We're talking about D.H. Lawrence, Alistair Crowley, and uh, Occult Cornwall. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Knockers. Toss pots. Toss pots. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Maybe we'll get whisked away. Maybe we'll get whisked away. We're being whisked away for the holiday of a lifetime. Yes, you're going up to the Isle of Cox. Yeah. Right, we're signing off. Yeah, bye. See you later. Based Sigma Chad. You're growlers. Look at you, your fabulous! Close your legs! Stop being snatched! Fuck my inner asshole. Fuck my inner asshole. Thank you for watching. Sometimes may be good, sometimes may be shit. Bullshit takes it out of My name is Evan. I'm tired of You're definitely a crazy bastard. The whole thing is just mad. Let them eat Teslas. I think you're hitting hitting the point, Phil, that uh, uh, and it really bothers me uh, 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 because I, I believe I, I have an issue in this respect. <laughs> it's that Ninja Turtle, yo. I'm half Barney, half Ninja Turtle. I karate you, you karate me. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. We live in absurd times. Oh, that'll definitely get us kicked off YouTube's.